Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. I love that sound. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known worldwide as Smokin' and Toastin'. Welcome to the show. It's uh, show number 224, uh, and today's show is the return of Doc's. And that Plantation Rum. Great. And he's brought a guest, so we'll get to that in just a moment. Welcome to uh, the program. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great t-shirts and hoodies and, and sweatshirts on the web for you if you're a cigar aficionado, whatever that means. Uh, or uh, or just if you know one or, you know, have somebody in your you know, in your family unit that uh, that would be, you know, recipient of a good guest. Uh, they're great shirts with snarky sayings for lovers of cigars, and they um, start at under 20 bucks, and uh, they're pretty cool. So it's my CigarShirts.com because cigars. And uh, our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We'll be talking about all of those things today. Uh, but we want to welcome Greg Duxakis from Plantation Rum and Maison Ferrand. Do, uh, do I... Do I pronounce that anywhere close to right? That was perfect. Oh, okay, good. I mean, good. No, I'm sure if there's an actual French person. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, yeah, sure. If, if there's a French person, then it's like, mm, I don't understand you. Yeah, of, of course, <laughs> and, and, that would, and that would be appropriate. So, uh, But, Docs, uh, welcome back to the show. You're, uh, I, I will just go ahead and say it here. You are one of our absolute favorite guests. You're, you're right up there, you know, at least one rung above Alan Denny. Uh, that so, guy. Yeah, so, uh, uh, but no, we love having you on the show. We've we've uh, had you on a number of times, and uh, it's always fun. The last time you were on, we were at your place yeah. and got to see your quite impressive collection of plantation rums. Yeah, it's, it's, it was pretty epic. I the think plan, we posted a couple pictures of that. Yeah, the plan didn't work. The plan was for Ian to distract you, and I would make off with several <laughs> of them. Uh, but it didn't. It didn't. I forgot quite, my ukulele. It, it didn't quite work out the way we were uh, the way we were hoping. So, uh, uh, so anyway, welcome to the show. Uh, Docs is here, and you brought along. Why don't you introduce your guest? Yeah, well, we, we, I'm bringing a lot of cool new things here, but probably the coolest, newest thing we have here is Rebecca Chasson here. She's new part of that. She's our newest baron, and she's going to be working here in Houston, but we call her Bex for so short. It's, so it's Bex and Docs. Yeah, well, I'd say Docs and Bex, but Doc. fine. You know, she's new. We'll give it to her for this afternoon, and, <laughs> Al- no matter how top billing this one time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Alphabetically. So. Well, uh, Bex, welcome to the show. Thank you. We are thrilled to have you here. Now, um, Docs... You mentioned she's working here in Houston. Yeah. You're not relocating, are you? No, no, no. I, I, I cover four states. Okay. And, and actually, one of the states is Tennessee, which, long story short, is like covering four states itself. So I'm spread pretty thin. Bex is going to be concentrated right here in Houston, and we have a remarkable person for us working in Dallas also by the name of Pete. And someday I'll drag him down here and have him do the show also. But, you know, just uh, we're, we're uh, growing brands, and it just requires uh, more hands on the brands. Uh, and your brand is one that we are never without at my house. We always have, at the very minimum, a bottle of the uh, the pineapple, the Stiggins the fancy, Stiggins pineapple, fancy pineapple, and that's the greatest compliment you could possibly ever give me, though. By really? The way. Yeah. Really? No, I mean, you know, because you know, you get so much spirits in your life, and let's face it, a lot of it free. You know, but and the fact that you're so big into ours, that's the biggest compliment well, I could possibly and, and we always have a bottle of that, and we always have a bottle now of the Isle of Fiji. Yeah. I've so. tasted that once. Yes, I remember that. Uh, once. I, 
<laughs> so for those of you who don't know the story, uh, when uh, Plantation re- released Isle of Fiji, I'm pretty sure it was you that made this happen, uh, but a bottle arrived for smoking and toasting in a nice gift box at my house. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. We'll, uh, we'll uh, have, try this on the show. And so we opened it up, and my wife and I sampled it. And there was barely enough left to have on the show the following Thursday. So Ian has, uh, I, I keep promising Ian I'm going to buy him a bottle, but uh, it hasn't happened yet. So uh, at some point. You'll you'll get gifted. Yeah, that bottle didn't make it very far. No, it didn't. But uh, but we we've got been, more. I'll, I'll make we, sure it gets it happens. We, we got more. We've been through a number. Usually, I'm great at sharing. It's just man, we opened it up and had a little and <laughs> had a little share. more. You just didn't share it with me. Yeah, I just didn't share it with you. <laughs> well, I did. In fairness, I just only shared. Yeah, you know, your left. wife is a wonderful and lovely person. I'm glad it was her. Yeah, and she's uh, <laughs> she's very uh, she's very fond of both of those styles of rum. So those are kind of like our. Regular rums at the house, which is pretty awesome. So, um, so anyway, welcome back. I see you've got n- bottles of new things, and I'll mention, by the way, we tried one of yours without you on the show. We had that uh, uh, that guy Chris Hart on the show, if you remember, and mm-hmm. he brought one that they had uh, that you guys did in conjunction with the Houston Bourbon Society. I have that one right is now. That one, oh, that is a wonderful. Well, okay, we don't, we don't have to try it again now. Wonderful bottle. <laughs> no, no, you, know, <laughs> you, you can leave that out. <laughs> Ian's looking at Ian's looking at more plantation rum. He doesn't get to drink. So. Yeah, Chris. Chris has has really good taste in spirits, obviously. Yeah. So he picked, he, picked, he picked this one out. Um, yeah, and, and it's and I, I know not to get too far ahead of us here, but I think it's a good uh, demonstration of, of the two biggest pillars of plantation, and that would be Barbados and Jamaican rum. Mm. Well, I love both. Both of those styles so much, so it's uh, it's awesome. And you guys really have you have rums from all over the rum region, don't you? You got you got expressions from you know, how many different locations? I, I don't know. Uh, really? I, I've, I've lost count because I, I have over sixty bottles in my collection, and some of them are from the same uh, country and region. But uh, just to you know, other than the uh, our, our, you know our, our usual suspects of that being Barbados and Jamaica, and now the Fiji. Uh, Panama, Peru, right. Haiti, La Reunion Island. Uh, um, I'm trying to think here. Saint Lucia. Saint Lucia. Thank Saint you. Lu- Saint- the Saint Lucia is wonderful. By the, the, way. the Saint Lucia vintage that we did uh, a few years back was one of my all-time favorites. Uh, I have a few bottles stashed away in the vault, which I let out every now and say did I just a little bit now and then. Yeah. Um, but we actually, and I hope I'm not giving away too much here. Uh, we actually have something coming uh, from Australia in the next year. Or so. Wow! Yeah, An I'm Australian. Super, Australian I'm super Roman. excited to wow. see, see that. That is awesome. In fact, I, I saw uh, when I was uh, trying to get some samples from France, and let's put a pin in that because I'm going to complain a little bit more in a minute. Okay. The samples not making it on time. Good. I saw a, uh, a little uh, space for the Australian plantation. I'm like, well, don't mind if I do. <laughs> Can I get a bottle of that? And and, and our logistics uh, captain Sandra, she gave me <clears> the French no. No, 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 you cannot no. have. No. <laughs> not yet. No Not room yet. for you. <laughs> no room for you. Uh, so I may have asked you this when we were at your place and did the show there, but with a 60-bottle collection of rum, do you have a go-to, or do you just mix it up all the time? No, everybody asks me that all the time. I do not have a go-to. In fact, uh, I, I've wasted many a drinking hour trying to decide which direction to go. That what night. your go-to a little analysis be. paralysis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all right. At least it was a fun process, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I would say this though: my go-to, <clears throat> as in, uh, just I would say the one that I usually end up drinking before the night is over with is usually the the, the Stiggins Fancy Pineapple Rum. Uh, that, that is just so good. And yeah. honestly, when I first heard. 
about it. My wife came home from a bar someplace. She'd been out for girls' night, and, and the bartender had recommended it. And she tried it, and she came home telling me all about it. And I was like, I don't know, pineapple yeah. rum? But but it is just, it's absolutely fantastic. And sometimes I forget, because she, she has it all the time, and I'll go, like, look through the bottles and find something, you know, maybe unusual. And every time I go back and pour a glass of that, I'm like, Oh, this is why you drink this all the time. It's just really good. Well, you know, I mean, as, as I must say, this is this is funny. and this happens with pretty much anything that I start making cocktails with in the evening. But I'll start off with like a nice uh, Manhattan or what should we call the the fluffy ruffles, like mm-hmm. a, a pirate shirt, you know. Uh, uh, so that's uh, Stiggins Fancy Manhattan, and it'll start off. I'll have like the perfect amount of rum, and I'll have the perfect amount of vermouth, and just a dash of bitters, and I'll stir it and strain it, and I'll get the nice twist of orange on there. And as the night goes, it's kind of like just kind of like I put all the ingredients in the glass and swirl the ice around. <laughs> and pretty much by the end of the evening, I just have the bottle there. On the, top of the, bar, the top of the bar is wet and trashed. Yeah, yeah, the, more, the more rum I get into me, the less care there is in my cocktails, I will admit. But Bex here, you know, we, you know, we, it's such a, a delicate, fun, uh, interesting rum, but she's found an entire new use for it here uh, in, in the area with some of the bars. I'll let her talk about that. Yeah, so my favorite way to have it is just keep it in the freezer or the cold box at the bars and really? just pour it out straight as a shot. So yeah, so we drink it neat, but mm-hmm. but we don't usually chill it. Is it is it good chilled? I that's highly delicious. recommend it chilled. Okay, we're and, gonna try that for mm-hmm. sure. That's, and definitely keeping awesome. it in the freezer as opposed to shaking it because right. it's just it's fantastic. Yeah, you don't water it down. Yeah, and, right. it's dangerous though. It is an absolutely Pro- proceed dangerous. Proceed with caution, and for God's sakes, please Uber <laughs> when you're doing this. Uh, well, uh, it should be an interesting show. You have several things for us to try, including this one that forget that I said we'd had it before. Uh, and we also uh, will be tasting some interesting beers today from Phase Three Brewing Company in Lake Zurich, Illinois. We'll be trying their P3 pills uh, from Adroit Theory Brewing. We've had their yeah, beers they've... before. Uh, from Purcellville, Virginia, we'll be uh, sampling their Abandon All Hope. Hazy Imperial IPA. I love the name <laughs> so, of it. <laughs> these guys, everything they do is over the top, which is which is always it's so fun. perfect for the general feeling going along these yeah, days. Right? Right. Yeah. Abandon. Uh, what is that uh, when you're on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disney uh, and the sign says? Abandon hope, all ye who enter here. Is that oh, what it says? My, I want to apologize to everyone. Doesn't it says dead men tell no tales? Oh, I know that. <laughs> sign it doesn't too, say that. But... Abandon all hope was from Dante's Inferno. Oh, does it not say that at Pirates of the Caribbean ride? I I'm going to say no, but now you're second guessing well, myself. You know Disney much better than I. Okay, so Zany's I'll... watching. Zany, would you look this up, please? I don't okay. think it does. Right. <laughs> we also am- have we also have OnStark and Wiki Brian yeah, watching. One today. of them. One of them will. will it, what's amazing is that you can actually look that up. But uh, <laughs> right. uh, but uh, uh, also on the beer menu today from Deschutes Brewing in Bend, Oregon. Their Abyss 2019 Reserve. It is an imperial stout. And and when I put together the show notes, I didn't even bother to put the 18 different things that they've done to this particular stout, the way they aged it and where and when. And, uh, but it looks uh, it looks absolutely delicious. It's a big bomber bottle, so we'll be getting to that one as well. Fantastic. And Plantation Rums. We will do uh, drinking news. My drinking news teaser headline for today. Ain't no party like an Amish party. (laughs) (laughs) Love it already. Because an Amish party don't stop. Uh, So we'll get to that, plus uh, talk about some new cigars to to watch for. And depending on how much time, we have all kinds of fun lists and things we can get into. I do have a a little special I put together as well. Well, actually, Adam put together. So you mentioned having a story or something? I I do have a little bit of a story. This is, uh, you know, everyone always asks, I'm in a, a... 
a brew club called CCSD, the Coast right. Source Club of Smoking and Drinking, and uh, and we have a meeting every uh, Tuesday night. It's one of those super secret clubs, right? Well, we're kind of a a, a drinking club with a brewing problem. Okay, I love it more than anything. <laughs> um, but we get together and we have uh, competitions a lot of times. You know, sometimes we play darts, sometimes we play pool, sometimes. You just have to wait to see this one. Okay, so this is from a competition. This is this is one of our games that we play. On okay, occasion. I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. Uh, all of this plus, um, you know, uh, talking about uh, some amazing rums. And uh, are you all rum today, or did you bring anything other than rum? Today? We we brought something special that we'll share in a minute. I, I don't want to give it away. It's uh, it's it, it, but it is very rare, very unique, and and very 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 special. It's yep. It's it's What's, a it's a tough job that he What and the I hell was that? Are you are you shaving a haircut two bits? My special announcement here. Well, you got to understand. Here on Smoking and Toasting, when it comes to sound effects, we spare every expense, and uh, so we, what we have is the little uh, the, the, the sound little machine sound machine box, and and does know, it have the is... Ric Flair entrance, the two thousand one music? I think oh, that's a little see, more appropriate. This is this is pretty rudimentary. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I like this one though. Yeah, we'll save that for drinking news. So. <laughs> uh, before we get there, Ian, I know it's been a, a very windy week. Have you been able to find some place uh, where the wind wasn't too intense? I and, did. I went uh, by, and smoked uh, something good. Went by Casa de Monte Cristo this morning and selected a cigar. I, you know, I like I like going there and having a just. I was in the lounge by myself today. There was no one else in the lounge back there. So, so it's we just will a nice little. We will, by the way, talk about this on uh, the show today because Texas, as of yesterday, has been opened up as far as the restrictions for mask wearing and 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 uh, capacity on places. But what I'm reading and what I'm seeing is that most places are still being. Very careful, They're which I think is which I think is mask. absolutely the way to go. I mean, you know, if the governor wants to get together with a whole bunch of people in a crowded HEB, that's his business. Uh, but I don't think he should be encouraging other people to do that. I'm just that's just me. No. But uh, wear a mask, stand apart. Yeah, wear a mask, stand it's apart. But you were the only guy in the lounge. Yeah, I was the only guy in the yeah. lounge at all that right. point. So well, that's, that's all right. That's social distancing. I enjoyed it. I uh, went in uh, their humidor and selected a uh, warped cigars uh, quarto. Have you had this? I don't believe I had a quarto. Really pretty yeah. cigar. Warped is a very interesting brand, though. Uh, yeah, they are. They have they have some very different things going on. And uh, this one uh, is a very pretty cigar. I took a, a really nice picture of it before I lit it, and then I immediately accidentally um, trashed it. So the first oh, the, picture the you'll first see is <laughs> after it's lit. Okay. <laughs> but it's a beautiful cigar. This is a Nicaraguan puro. This is a four and a half by forty six. Okay. Uh, called a Petite Corona. Size-wise, um, with a Corojo wrapper, uh, the appearance medium brown, oily with some veins in it, single real classy band on it, solid box press, nice firm feel. Good looking cigar. The, yeah, the pre-light sniff on this, earthy and chocolate right at the foot especially, uh, hints of pepper and spices, the pre-light draw, I used a clip, had a medium draw to it, classic tobacco uh, flavor just right off the bat. A little bit of tea leaf, some uh, cocoa powder was really nice in the background, and um, and uh, left a little spiciness on the lips. It was kind of nice. Mm. Corojo wrappers are good yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, the initial light pops with pepper right off the bat, and wood uh, and something. The wood was something between oak and cedar. It didn't really have that defined a flavor, but very woody kind of flavor to it. Uh, peppery retrohale on it, tangy tea leaf in the back of the palate. 
uh, slight underlying sweetness throughout there. The first third of this settles into a woody, peppery, earthy kind of snack. I don't know snack. why. Snack. Snack. Like snack. Of uh, you've never used the word snack before <laughs> when you were doing your tasting notes. I like that. Try to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, with hints of cocoa and a slightly sweet background, <coughs> spicy retro hail carried a hint of nuttiness, uh, solid ash, great burn on it. The second third of this, pepper and spices remain as the predominant flavors of strong earth, tea leaf, and cocoa powder rounding out the palate. Retro hail less spicy with a little more sweet cocoa and wood. Slight, nut, uh, slight nuttiness kind of creeps in to add a note of interest to the overall cigar. Uh, solid ash, great burn. The last third of this cigar, pepper backs off just a bit, leaves a touch of graham cracker kind of in, uh, in its wake. Uh, complex flavors that I was uh, tasting in here are mint, earth, leather, wood, nuts, tangy tea leaf, with a very cedar, distinct cedar aftertaste at this mm -hmm. point. Um, the burn became a bit uneven, and uh, I thought I was going to have to tend it. I never touched it, actually. It just corrected itself moments later. Good. Um, and it was a pretty substantial uneven burn for just a second. Just and then it self-corrected. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Solid ash, great burn overall. This is an $8.55 cigar. I gave it a solid six because I like the whole pro uh, flavor profile on it. did so many good things. The burn was great all the way through. Um, even with the uneven burn, it corrected itself as it fine. It's great. So it, just in case people are not familiar with how we uh, use our price-to-quality index here, if anybody has, uh, has not heard us do that before, a 6 is a great rating because a 5 means you've got everything that you paid for. Mm -hmm. And so anything above a 5 is spectacular. You can smoke a great cigar, but if it was super expensive and didn't quite live up to the price, it might have a, a rating below a 5. Mm -hmm. So anything that gets above a 5 is is I want to point out highly this, was, this was a 4.5 by 46, not a very big cigar, but right. it did smoke for a solid hour. So is, is it an uneven burn? That's indicative of uh, just a, 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 not, not a, loose, a loose roll? Could be loose in it spots. Can be a lot of yeah, things, it yeah. can be loose in spots. A lot of times, it's the wrapper that causes the uneven burn. Yeah. That uh, maybe the wrapper's got um, like some heavy veins in it, and those don't burn the same as the rest of the leaf, and it causes it to uh, to burn a little unevenly. Right. But yeah, but it it just depends. It can be a lot of different things. Uh, sometimes if they're packed too tight, it can burn unevenly too. But so. yeah, you can get runs and and all kinds of things like that. Uh, a slightly uneven burn is not even a cause for issue. Uh, I had this, the run, I took a picture of it in there, but the run was a little bit, uh, kind of big actually for what it was, uh, but correcting itself like that was really nice. Usually you just have to tend it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I don't mind doing a little tending. It's just if it becomes like a thing, you have to tend the whole thing, then it, uh, it kind of lessens the experience, I think. One should always tend to your ash. I think that's yes. important. I, think that's I didn't important. let it fall on myself today. <laughs> I think that's tell important. I don't have any ash spots on my shirt. Yeah, yeah, no, you're looking good. Nice and uh, very, very nicely attired it's today. Still young in the day for a white yeah. shirt. I think uh, <laughs> I, 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 I will mention that when we were uh, confirming uh, Docs and Bex being on the show, he said something about for us to like wear our best stuff because he was coming on. So I said, I, I said, tell the boys to shower up and wear something nice. Yeah, so I went with. Oh, a, I was supposed to shower. I went with the MySigarShirts.com. <laughs> Party. <laughs> so, all right, uh, I'll tell you, uh, I'll go over what I smoked this weekend uh, in our next segment, and I want to get the tasting started because, quite frankly, we've got some very, very attractive-looking bottles here. So, so uh, FYI, Bruce Stark, abandon hope all ye who enter here is the supposed inscription on the entrance to hell. Right. And uh, it's the first, first found in Dante's Divine Comedy. Okay, so uh, so no no mention of it at the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, huh? 
Not to my knowledge. Not this time, Senator. I cannot <laughs> confirm that. No. <laughs> well, if anyone would know, it'd be this guy. This guy knows more about the whole Disney experience than anybody that I think I know personally. You're, uh, you're. Is it? What do you call it? Is are you Disney file? What do you? What's the right word for a, a fan of the whole Disney <laughs> thing? Say sick in the head. <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're doing we're, we're into it. That's all I can tell yeah, you. It's, yeah. it's 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 a thing for us. And mm-hmm. and you have you been since. Uh, since pandemic, have you been uh, to any of the Disney parks? I can neither confirm nor deny that at this moment. Okay, All right, fair enough. All right. So we'll get to uh, more cigar stuff. We'll get to some rum and whatever the surprise is that uh, Docs has uh, tucked away in his goodies. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll get to all of that coming up. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 224. Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. The sounds of the suffers. Awesome. So they are so good. Um, welcome back. It is show number 224. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Available on the web because cigars. cigars. Uh, Bruce Stark checked in and said, uh, uh, hey, nice uh, nice hoodie cruise. I have a friend that has one of those. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> I think I think Bruce may be the friend. <laughs> I think he may have. I think, <laughs> no, he may I think have. he actually, I think he, he got some stuff for himself and I think he bought uh, a hoodie for a friend. Actually. Oh, that's very cool. So I think he's going above. That yeah. is a nice hoodie. The material is because nice. Cigar- yeah, you know, it's one of those that's light but surprisingly warm, which is, uh, you know, a good thing when it comes to hoodies, unless the studio heats up too much. So, uh, anyway, welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. We are glad to be here talking about uh, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Our new guest uh, today is Bex. Um, tell me because I've you know somewhere in my career path I clearly made a wrong turn and I got into radio. How does one get a job as a representative for Plantation Rum? What, how, what do you even what do you, you show up and tell what them? is the career I, path? I would be good at this because... Well, my specific career path to this was um, I started in the bar industry bartending, okay. went to uh, Republic as a distributor rep, Okay. and then one <laughs> of my suppliers happened to be Docs, and um, we just got along really, really well. And when it came time for him to look for someone for Houston, I jumped at the opportunity and interviewed. And um, But if anyone ever wants to work for a liquor supplier, I highly recommend building those relationships with current suppliers right. or trying to get into the distributor industry because that's a great path to meet now, pretty much everybody. I know that obviously there are you know, regulations about what you can and can't be asked at a job interview. But I'm just curious, was there any drinking at the interview? There was not. Oh. I was a little surprised, but <laughs> I, there was not. I think not. I'd have been a little disappointed. <laughs> my, my interviews are more like game shows. You know oh, okay. I mean? mm-hmm. People love interviewing with me because they're like, they come in all like, what did you just ask me? <laughs> <laughs> Spin the wheel and see which rum you land on. Uh, well, uh, well, welcome. I, I think you'll enjoy this. How long have you been uh, at this position now? You just started? Yes, like four or five months. Okay. Uh, unofficially, probably. Uh, she was doing some store tastings for us last year, just kind of okay. on the side there. Um, but, uh, you know, her counterpart in Dallas also came from RNDC. So, you know, we've had a lot of time to work together and get to know each other, and I knew the other kind of people that I could count on. So, How yeah. long do you think it'll be before store tastings come back? I They're really, back. They are back. They're back, okay, but just, just very minimalized. Yeah, I really special. miss those because I, I go to the big specs down in uh, Midtown, and, man, if you go in there on, like, 
like a Friday or a Saturday. It's like, whoo, oh, she's a rock starting to party yeah. already. <laughs> she's a rock star there, man. She walks into that place, and I thought, you know, here I am, you know, Mr. Regional Manager. I said, hey, Bex, hey, Bex, hey, who's that guy? Yeah. <laughs> we kind of did the same thing when you showed up here. So, uh, so, but yeah, no, those, those tastings are fun. And I would imagine that that's probably one of the best ways to get a not just a customer and sell a bottle but to pick up a new fan like somebody that, that is going to continue to buy your product there's you know? a big difference to when you're actually someone working for the company standing there talking about your product as opposed I, to a spokesman i always get yeah. annoyed when i walk up and try some hey do you want to try something sure tell me about it well i don't know they just hire me to they pour. just yeah they just I'm gonna pour this. <laughs> like, this there's no there's no like it's nice when you have a representative of the company that, knowledgeable about it tell you about it yeah it's, story. It, it's, it's an important thing and i'm like you i ask questions what kind of hops are in this beer you know if they don't know it's like okay well it tastes good i mean you know you don't have a you, you want the story you know what i'm saying you want the story so i enjoy doing store tastings and just unfortunately i don't get that much time to do them anymore but uh when i do get to do them and like let's say it's like uh like a busy weekend or a holiday weekend where they got a ton of people in there they like be someone next to me, like pitching their product, and it'll be something that I'm familiar with, a category or a brand, and I'll hear them like totally do it. I'm like, oh, that's not right here. You want, you want to say this? <laughs> and they're like, oh, so the rhythm. And this is like, uh, time to step back. Time to step. <laughs> and they're like, wow. He's the guy that's like, Docs, we love having you doing the store tastings, but you tell them so much about the rum, you only had five people the whole day. It's like, it's like, it was great rum, but he just wouldn't shut up. The line was long. I, bu I bought but it we, just to get out of there. Yeah, the line was long, but nobody gets a sample. Well, uh, let me tell you about my cigar this week, Ian. I, I decided to go big, uh, and I bought a Monte Cristo Epic Premium Selection 07. Oh. So uh, it is a, um, uh, it is a, I, I guess a highly touted cigar. Mm -hmm. I'll get to that in a moment. But I wanted to first mention that it had maybe the best pre-light sniff and draw that I've ever experienced. It was one of the. It smelled so good. I was actually almost drooling with anticipation <laughs> before you uh, even to lit smoke it? this cigar. Chocolate, earth, leather. It's exactly what you want an unlit cigar to smell like. And it was just like, I was just like, oh, I couldn't wait. I actually had taken it out of the wrapper, when I, you know, the cellophane wrapper, when I put it in the humidor. And, and I was like, oh, I can't wait for this. So my expectations were high. And then I also looked at the uh, press release that they put out when they released this cigar. And I want to share a little of that uh, right. press release. They say that they are proud to announce uh, a new launch, and this is from several years ago. Monte, it came out in 2012, I think, oh, actually, yeah. even though it's the 07. I don't get that. But anyway, uh, they said they're proud to announce the Monte Cristo Epic Premium Selection 07, perhaps the best Monte Cristo ever. Oh. That's what it says in the wow. press release. Yeah. So special, so unique, so select, it's epic. Monte Cristo Epic. And then they go on to say that the task of creating the Monte, Monte Cristo Epic was assigned to a special team of our most skilled and accomplished cigar makers, uh, the Grupo de Maestros, uh, artisans with centuries of combined experience. It is a true handmade luxury masterpiece of complexity and full-bodied smoking pleasure made of the finest aged tobaccos, vintage 2007. And they even go on to talk about the process and hand inspected and a certificate of authenticity in every box and all this stuff. Well, I guess there's something to live up to there, right? Right, so then I look at the cigar itself and I gotta tell you, 
pretty rustic. Yep. And rustic is a kind, of, picture, yeah. kind of a code word in cigar language for not real smooth, kind of veiny. Lumpy and bumpy. Looks and a little lumpy and bumpy, yeah. Uh, even parts of the leaf looked a little loose, but it was nice and oily, and I love the pre-light vibe on it. So, the Epic uses an Ecuadorian Habana wrapper, a Nicaraguan binder, and filler from Nicaragua and the Dominican Republic. So I used a punch and a torch lighter, and I was off to the races. Initial flavors... A nice woodsy note, some pepper and vanilla on the retrohale. Nice. Uh, the wood note kind of settled into a more identifiable cedar, and it developed a nutty character about an inch or so in. Second, third, added a little salty note, which I, which I really liked. It, it just gave the whole thing some, some good savory vibe mm -hmm. to it. Uh, there were also hints of dried fruit, plenty of vanilla still. The last third of the, of the cigar brought in some of the leather and earth that I'd gotten on the pre-light um, on the cold draw before I lit it up. Uh, I did not find it to be full-bodied. To me, it was medium all the way through, but I like medium-bodied cigars. Uh, decent flavor profile, although I'm going to be honest with you. If it gave me what the pre-light kind of promised... I'd be, I'd have stopped and bought a box on my so way. So fell in a little here. short of the yeah. Pre so fell a little short of of the of the pre which is that's unusual because usually the pre lights, you know, fine. It's like a little tobaccoy or whatever, and then you light it up, and then it really gets interesting. This is almost the opposite. It didn't quite live up uh, to the pre light, but let's talk construction. I had to touch it up constantly. Uh, it burned crooked the whole way through, and I'm just not used to that with Monte Cristo. I mean, really not. They're, in my experience, they're usually almost perfect in burn and construction. Kind of like a Fuente. You know, you're, you're always surprised if you have any yeah, construction even issues. Their, even down to their lowest price. Or a Monte Cristo. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, the ash did hang on for quite a while, except when I had to bump it off to relight about an inch in because the cigar went out. About an inch in? Yeah, yeah. About an inch in. And I had to bump the ash off to relight the cigar. The construction kept the cigar from being great. And that is such a bummer. Uh, I think it's possible uh, that maybe the press release set my expectations a little high. I can understand why. They're talking about why. it being the greatest Monte Cristo ever. I've had some amazing Monte Cristo cigars. Um, then again, the price set my expectations high. Sixteen dollars. Yeah, that's such your expectation. So I enjoyed the cigar, and I would try another one just in case this was a one-off issue. But at sixteen to seventeen dollars, it did not live up to the hype, and uh, so price to quality for me would be a four. The flavors were good, the ash held on, but I mean you can see from the picture. I mean look at the, that picture now. That's yeah, how that's, crooked. The, that's, that's that's not scattered. That's, not, that's good. not good construction. That's not your best rollers, the Grupo de Maestro. So I'm wondering if it's one of these things. It came out in 2012. I'm wondering if it's one of these things where they've moved those rollers on to other projects, and you know some of the newbies maybe are rolling these so, now. So I don't epic know. might be epic fail. On yeah, that. epic fail. I was just I was disappointed again. <laughs> Sorry enjoyed, to hear that, man. I enjoyed the cigar, but this, this is like two weeks in a row where I smoked a fairly expensive cigar that did not live uh, up. You know, to the you price. built me up. I wanted one until you gave me the smackdown I, I, on that. I was so excited at the pre-light. Oh, oh, I was just like. This is the best smelling cigar I've ever, you know, but 
Uh, maybe that again. Maybe that's what set the that label is kind of a deviation from the usual Monte Cristo look. Isn't it is. It? it is a little bit different. Yes, because it's got that brown and yellow, which you know, mm-hmm. kind of is like Denny's uh, 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 uniforms colors. But it, it looks good on the wrapper. Alan Denny or Denny's. Nah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, talking about when you have dinner over at Alan Denny's house or breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Alan Denny, he uh, checked in and said, uh, "Great guests and at least one great host." So I guess we'll <laughs> we'll well we should we lock the door because there's a good chance that he may show <laughs> well, up in a second now, right? It's possible. <laughs> Alan is the pod crasher. He's, he's inspired me. I've almost done a couple times myself. Like, nah, I don't like that guy. <laughs> uh, we love him. He's no, uh, good dude. He he's the best. All right, so. Uh, Docs, where do we start on uh, on? Well, uh, you know what we mentioned that Christopher Hart talked about this. So let, let, let's go ahead, jump right into mm-hmm. this one, and and not get it out of the way. But you know, um, I was going to say, if this is the rum that I had, there is no getting it out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it speaks for itself. So as I said before, this really is uh, the two pillars of uh, main pillars of plantation in mm-hmm. the sense that these two distilleries are two uh, in the Ferron family, and so it's going to be Barbados rum made at our West Indies rum distillery. And Jamaican rum made at our Long Pond facility in Jamaica. And if you remember, we have two there. One is Long Pond and the other one is Clarendon. Now, in full transparency, which we always like to be, we do have partners in Jamaican distilleries, and that would be NRJ, which is National Rum of Jamaica, also known as the Jamaican government, and also Demerara Distillers. Okay. So, but... Um, you know, as I said, this is the two expressions that are, are, are the most plantation-y of all plantations. And we've married them together for like the first time by themselves uh, in a single cask, to my okay. knowledge. I don't think we've ever done this before. So it, it says nine years on the label, but it's actually going to have some older rums in there. But that's the minimum combined that's age. It's at least nine years. Exactly. Yes. 4.5 years in the uh, tropical aging is what we call uh, uh, aging in the bourbon barrels in, in, in Barbados. Uh, three and a half years in the Ferran cask, and it's going to spend an extra, I think, six months in uh, uh, acacia casks. Now, acacia is a variety of wood that originates out of uh, Asia um, uh, and parts of Australia also, I believe. But we were using acacia for our... Do you remember our... our, Citadel uh, Reserve, the one that was aged in six different kinds of casks. Yes. That's one of those Hard casks. Hard to forget. Right. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think that this is actually gin casks. I think this was acacia wood that we had uh, 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 left over and possibly maybe some for some future Ferrant uh, projects, if I'm not giving anything away there. But I don't believe there's any gin at any time aged in these barrels. So I spent that last six months finishing off inside the, uh, uh, the acacia cask. And the Jamaican component was seven and a half years in the bourbon barrels in Long Pond. Now, where did Chris Hart enter into all of this? Because he tried to make out like this was his creation. I mean, he didn't really, but I'm, I'm just giving him a hard time. Well, but uh, Chris Hart is our friend. His story, he was standing there at the, at the still himself, Yes, right? that's right. He's no, the, he did. He's the he, one uh, that fired uh, up he, the still, I believe. He did. He, uh, he crushed all the sugarcane by hand. Yes. And actually, I don't think he by hand. I think he just willed it to be crushed. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, he's a whiskey expert, so I would imagine that his expertise could extend. Uh, but no, you guys did this um, this release, at least in conjunction with... Houston Bourbon Society. It was it was yeah. their selection. It was his pick. Yeah, okay. it was the it was the you know uh, the one that uh, uh, I think you know we did a Jamaican for them a couple of years ago with the tealing finish that was mm-hmm. just absolutely beautiful, and so you know uh, Chris knows his group and he knows what's going to appeal to them and this is the one that really stuck out the most, um, and I think you get so many of the nice aspects. I'm like right on the nose. I'm getting the fruity vibrancy of the Barbados. 
Yeah, it is very fruity. This and, one. It's lush fruit. And Jamaica's mm-hmm. got some fruitiness too, but it's more of a different, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say stewed fruit, but just it's a different kind of fruit to it. Um, well, I always use, and it's probably not the right word, but I always use the word funk when talking about Jamaican rum because it's no, just got right. that certain funkiness to it, and it's not a bad thing, yeah. but it's just, it's just kind of rubbery funk, funk, but you can use it, you can use that. Sometimes that gives away that you're dealing with a Jamaican rum, at least in my experience. This, For sure. This is interesting. It has almost a toffee it does aftertaste uh-huh. to it that I find incredibly interesting and contrasting in the brightness of the fruit that I get up front. Right, you get the fruit up front, uh-huh. and then in the finish, it is very much like a toffee uh, flavor. Super creamy mouthfeel, just right on that first initial on the tongue, and then it just dries up, and mm-hmm. almost, I don't want to say astringent, but it just dries up, and, and you get that, that sort of numbness right down right down yes, the middle of the tongue. absolutely. It dries up like a like a good dry wine yeah. does on the palate. It's, it's re- This is... This is really a spectacular rum. I don't know how you, uh, I don't know how you top something like that. I'm sure you can, but uh, uh, it's it's awesome. Look at the good. grin he got. Challenge like, oh, accepted. Gotcha. <laughs> now, <laughs> uh, what what does bo- that bottle retail for? Ah, uh, in the sixty five dollar range, and right now you can only find it. Yeah, it's, it's exclusive to the Houston because of the Houston Bourbon Society, and you can only find it at three locations. You can find it at Flax Liquor in Clear Lake, uh, Rice Liquor right down the road there in Bel Air, and Ricky's. Uh, liquor up there in spring in spring okay yeah and it, it was limited to 23 six packs for the entire region and then wow. when it's done it's done mm. Yeah. Mm. so this is basically one barrel right or it's a portion. No, and it's, you know, okay, first off, we don't get the whole barrel. They're going to send right. some to New York, and they're going to send some to L.A., okay. you know, that sort of thing. But uh, it is, you know, limited to the regions. And also, I, sometimes I, I lament the fact that we use the term single cask because mm-hmm. there's three different casks used in the production of this rum, not right. like most of our single casks. But the single cask is a reference is we did one cask's worth. Right. Okay. Know. Got it. it, it makes so sense. Like we, don't, we, don't, we don't get the whole cask. So yeah. if you if you want to get some of this, you should move quickly because it's not going to be around very long. That is. And if correct. you're outside of the Houston area, call somebody you know in Houston. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Hard cheese. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's it's a good thing. Well, it really is really is spectacular. Can I get DoorDash to pick this up. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't that be great? <laughs> um, it really is spectacular though, and it's got. Um, what's the proof on this? You know, just like the one, kind of, <laughs> the one thing. Let me check my notes. Please stand by. Uh, All right, the proof on this one is going to be 106. Proof. Okay, so so with a, with a bit higher proof, I, I I find often that the really higher proof rums, sometimes you get that wonderful you know bite, but they're a little shorter on flavor than some it's of the more mouthfeel than flavor. Right. I agree 100. Right. So, and this one does not sacrifice that at all. No, in fact, I, I think it's a delightfully uh, drinkable rum for being over 100 proof. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, some of, and I'm, I'm not a big overproof person as far as uh, single casks and whiskeys and even our rums that go. Uh, and, and we had one, that Barbados six-year, which was uh, uh, exclusive to Texas. You couldn't get it anyplace else. I, I took this one. No one was looking in, 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 in Bombonet. I got in trouble for it, but I ain't looking back. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a uh, Barbados rum. Uh, I think it was 17, no, uh, 16 years old that was uh, triple-aged in Baudry Cognac cask. And it was a Barbados 2007. And it, it couldn't have been. No, I'm 13 years old. Thank you. Doing the math there. Uh, <laughs> 
but it was 117 proof and it was a tremendous spirit but it was a real heady spirit i mean it, yeah. it, it was it was a mouthful and and it wasn't my particular favorite but you know so many of our bourbon society and those kind of drinkers they love the high mm -hmm. proof things mm -hmm. like the george t stags and mm -hmm. that sort of thing so that was really appealing to them a beautiful rum but a bit much for my taste you this know? this to me kind of straddles that line perfectly yep. let you uh, do something that's a little bit higher proof but it isn't uh it isn't just like a whiskey rum, which is what I call some of those. Um, you, you know what I'm saying? And I, and I enjoy those when I'm in that, you know, when I'm in that mode. But to, to me, this just balances it all out quite. I just call it one, but that's usually only after I've had too <laughs> after much. After you've had several, <laughs> I don't know how this is going to uh, marry with a pilsner, uh, but it'll be interesting to see. This pilsner is the P3 pills from Phase 3 Brewing Company, which is, I guess, where the P3 came from. Uh, and they are out of Lake Zurich, Illinois. I didn't know there was you a Lake Zurich. You can taste it by the, Zurich, second, uh, by the second sip. By the second sip? Yes. The first sip, actually, you get a lot of the malt profile right down the middle. It's mm, really sure interesting. Do. And so what do you the taste second in the second sip, sip? You get that hop uh, snap and a little mm -hmm. citrusy finish on it. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. It is a bit citrusy. It's a... Uh, I think more citrusy than I'm used to for a Pilsner. This the, is good. Yeah, it, it actually really is. Does it tell us anything special a, about it on the can? There's a. It says, according to the Surgeon General, women should not... Okay. <laughs> there's really not that much information on this can. <laughs> <laughs> so it really just has uh, you know, 4.7 by volume, uh, American-style Pilsner uh, lager. And then, uh, it's always, what does it say? Handcrafted beer, quality ingredients by honest people. It's always interesting to me the difference between some breweries will put tons of information on the can. Uh, some of them even offer, like, cheese and food and cigar pairings uh, yes, yes. Uh, on, on the can. Or if and you're then, Eureka Heights, you always have, like, a corny joke on there Right, which is always fun. Yeah, which yeah. is always fun. But in this case, this is, uh, this is one of those where, I guess, less is more. So to says, look at the package and, and also to, and to actually look at the color of the liquid, it screams cider. I was mm -hmm. I, I, my mind was psyched up for like a sweet pear or apple cider, and that's not what and, it is and, at and all. It, it threw me off, but yeah. it, you're, it is it, it is delicious pilsner, and you're right, it is more citrusy than one would expect. You know, uh, speaking of other uh, other kinds of beverages, Docs. Last week on the show, we did the uh, great hard seltzer blind taste test. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that drunk girl on Facebook or Instagram. Yeah, yeah, I like her. Yeah. <laughs> that's was, what I felt like. Uh, it was it was pretty interesting. I think Ian twice in. Two of the groups picked the Bud Light Seltzer as his favorite, which just goes to show you what we know. Yeah, uh, I'm not even ashamed by it, just, just because, like, it's seltzer. It was interesting. We had uh, Jessica uh, Kearns was here with us doing the blind taste test, and she and I seemed to, like, agree on most everything. Twice you guys and had Ian the was, exact same list. And Ian was totally contrarian. Oh. Yeah, he was uh, He was always picking different ones. So that's, that's I guess, what makes the show fun. But I think we all agree you on You know this. what I decided uh, at the end of that? I like beer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no, with you on that. You like flavor. I do. Yeah. You <laughs> like <laughs> flavor. There, there, there we go. There yeah, we go. and a lot of them have a lot of that that kind of artificial artificial sweetener, yeah. sweetener vibe flavor to them. that I yep. just I don't like that yep. at all. Yeah, yeah, that does that doesn't uh, this that beer doesn't does not to though. Me. It's I was going to say we do agree on the beer though. This is uh, this is some good sweetness stuff. right before the citrus on the end that I'm really digging. Yeah, it's it's really good. So here's what I, I find really interesting is that we've had a number of pilsners and lagers on the show over the last couple of months that have just really been outstanding. Super good. And yeah. you're really I think seeing 
uh, craft brewers right now really investing a lot of time and energy on coming up with excellent, really craft quality uh, lagers. Pilsners, mm -hmm. yeah, Pilsners, lagers, um, well, Pilsners, a style of lager, but uh, more drinkable, sessionable beers that aren't just IPAs. But but also which makes full of happy. flavor, which, you know, if you're if you're coming out of mainstream beer land, you don't expect as much flavor as this has got kind of tucked into it uh, when you go with the lager. I, I can't help but think if I was a Budweiser drinker and I tasted this beer, it would just open my eyes. You know, was it, was it Michelob that used to use the uh, the the slogan, the champagne of beers? No. Miller Life. <laughs> that was, uh, was that Miller Highlight? Miller High? No, no, Miller, Miller High. 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 That okay. was uh, Miller High Life, yeah. Okay. Well, in, in any case, that's kind of what this reminds me of. It's just kind of... A little, a little more refined. A, pro a proper bar will serve you a Miller High Life with the towel over it and a little bucket and that sort of thing. Oh yeah, that's, that's yeah. The, the champagne of beer. The champagne of beer. That would, that would champagne. almost, that would almost just make. They, they released. I just remember a couple years ago for New Year's Eve, they released a champagne bottle version of it. Mm. Huh. That's smart. I wonder if anybody bought it. You know what's amazing oh, about all those macro brews? Yeah. Everything we're talking about here, they're selling the bottle. They sell oh, the yeah. packaging. Oh, they don't totally. even bother selling liquid. Totally. None was, of them. I was reading Vortex bottles. I was reading a novel cans. the other day, and the characters were uh, all grabbing beer, and one says to the other in the novel, uh, "Don't drink it unless the mountains are blue." I'm like, seriously? <laughs> this has become a the, part the, of the, the beer sensor. It's like I was yes. born with two beer sensors right here. Yeah. Yep, it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> I would. Well, that, that's have nice known. though. That's an early warning system. Yeah. You see, like, that maybe this book ain't going to be that good. And I think that's, that's perhaps. What well, I was talking about the can itself. Oh, okay, you know, gotcha. like it's because as 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 much as I don't really dig the uh, the mountains with the blue. Yeah. That, what is that's a uh, bush? No. Oh that's, no, it's uh, course. Of course, of course, right? Yeah. Um, as much as I uh, don't really dig that cold, man, if those mountains aren't blue, it ain't going to be good at oh, all. Oh, no, you're absolutely oh, right. Buddy. You do want But I just love that they've been able to take mood ring technology <laughs> and adapt it to beer cans. Technology. That's, that. uh, we can make it bigger, faster, stronger. The beer? No. The, the can. can. <laughs> uh, all right, we got to take a break. We'll be uh, right back. There's more tasting, uh, including uh, what's next on the on the rum list, Docs? More rum. No. We're, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm happy. We'll, we'll go to Jamaica next. We'll go, we'll go straight awesome. to Jamaica We'll next. do that yeah. next. It's Smoking and Toasting. Thank you for coming along for the return of Docs and Plantation Rum. We'll and Bex. Right and Bex. <laughs> it's not a return, technically. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. By the way, we got a We Heart Bex on the, uh, on the uh, uh, commentary there. Uh, if you were watching us on Facebook Live, there's always a, a lively and interesting commentary going on during the show, <laughs> and we appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Smoking and Toasting is the show that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are heard uh, basically around the world, um, but uh, we originate from Houston, Texas, and we're available on all the podcast platforms and on Spotify and uh, Apple and all, all the places where you might uh, get your podcasts. But we do the show live on Facebook Live at 1 o'clock. Central uh, every Thursday. So if you want to follow along and enjoy the show live, uh, that's that's where to find us. And you can also get the show on YouTube, too. Uh, if you're on Facebook Live, you do get all the uh, stuff we're not supposed to talk about in between the segments, which can also kind yeah, of be, sometimes we slip, uh, which can also be kind of fun. Um, that's where most of the curse words are. Too. So we have Bex and Docs from Plantation Rums uh, and Maison Ferrand, and uh, we are sampling now a Jamaica. Is that right? 
Jamaican, 1996, um, all from Long Pond. Okay. Uh, now, this one is going to be just shy of 100 proof. It's like 99.5 proof, I believe, 99.2 proof. Uh, and this one is going to be triple aged in New York distilling bourbon casks. I can, okay. I can smell the funky is, rubberiness. Yes, right yes. Oh, I, I, I love, love that, that too. Is this a limited, because uh, I know like the last one was limited, only available in certain areas. Is this one? Extremely limited okay. and available only at Specs. Okay. So I think I've seen this on the shelf at Specs too. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know if you know this, but he's the voice of Specs. When you're walking through and you hear those dulcet tones, it's this man right here. Yeah. I'm the one that says, put that bottle down. You can't afford it. <laughs> That's amazing. You've never said that. <laughs> Speaking no, of. Actually, what I usually you've say never is, said that to yourself either. Actually, what I usually say is, go ahead. Live a little. Try it out. <laughs> the world may end there's tomorrow. Been, there's been a couple times where I've chatted with someone at Specs, especially the little baby Specs there on, um, on uh, Memorial. Memorial. It's yeah. on the way home. And I remember standing there talking to a guy one time, and he's like, oh, so what are you doing? I was like, telling him about the podcast, and he goes, oh. I said, me and my partner are on the podcast. He goes, well, who's that? Right as your voice comes on, I said, actually, it's this guy. <laughs> and you can see the guy go, okay. <laughs> and just kind of walks on. Like, like, it's some, like it's some grand honor to be the guy going, hey, don't forget to uh, uh, talk to our wine specialist, you know. It well, is, I mean, you're, you, are over the, honor. you are over the speakers quite often, so yeah. I imagine you're the voice that they hear in their head after they go home. Well, that's a little disturbing, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little disturbing. Um, uh, I remember there was uh, a long time ago there was this show on uh, on television I think Gary Cole, you know who the actor Gary Cole is? Uh -huh. He's in Office Space and a couple of things. Um, he played this overnight talk show DJ in San Francisco. And uh, so if you were up after midnight, he was the guy that you could tune into his show and he would take callers and whatever. But one of the funny things about the plot of the show, and I think it only lasted one season, I watched it because it was a show about a radio guy, um, is he would go to the grocery store during the day and when he'd go, uh, oh, uh, you know, uh, uh, can I have the receipt or whatever, people would look at him and go, hey, you're that guy you're from that the guy. radio. I mean, look, I've worked the overnight shift. Trust me, no one no says, one knows that hey, you're, that guy. you're the guy from the radio. So, uh, anyway, I don't know why I even told that story. You know, story. late at night, it was always George Norrie for me. Oh, yeah. Coast okay. to coast. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which one's George Norrie? He was the coast to coast, you know, the uh, weird like they always talked no, about. No, but, but he was a successor. The original one was oh, a I can't different think name. Of his name. Oh yeah, see that. Welcome to the land of Nye, the creepy dude. Yeah. <laughs> if you're on the west, if you're west of the Rockies, call this number. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I can't think of his name. Art Shell. Art it, isn't he, Bell. Art Bell. Art, Art Bell, Bell. That's right. He's the UFO Bell. guy. Yes. He's always got good, sh yeah, good yeah, yeah. stories about UFOs. Maybe he'll enjoy drinking news if he's listening today. <laughs> well, you know, I'd get off of gigs and I'd be driving home, <laughs> yeah. you know, at yeah, 3 in the morning. What do you something. listen to? Well, yeah. I know. Coast I, to coast. I used to get in the car, like, late at night, headed home, and... I would listen to the two guys that talk about the fishing conditions in Galveston, uh, in Galveston Bay. Have you heard those guys? You don't wake up to that. You go to sleep to that. Yeah, man. well, yeah. I was headed home to go to sleep. So, Captain something or other. Anyway, uh, we have rum to taste from Jamaica. Uh, I totally forgot about that. We were talking you, about rum. I've been, I've been uh, doing my research here. Mm -hmm. Talk it's, to me while I uh, it's, do some It's so actually cool. one of the creamier, smoothier, smoothier? Smoothier wums. Smoothier wums. No, it's, uh, it's incredibly smooth and uh, like has kind of a creaminess to it, but then it has this little rubbery kind of 
bite that I absolutely love. It really is good, yeah. We don't like to use the S word when describing our spirits, and that'd be smooth. Right, Because right. smooth usually means flavorless. It's right. a softer. It's, it's softer. softer. Silky. Softer. I have a silkiness Wait, to I got it. it. Just don't say smooth. Just say smooth. 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 Yeah, smooth. Like smooth. <laughs> like Barry White, you know, smooth. <laughs> That's Roman. I don't know why that, I know, this is like just three old guys just running their mouths. There was an episode of MASH where Colonel Pardo got like some brangles. Not enough O's in the word smooth to describe that, Brandy. <laughs> so, well, this is soft. It is, and it's very approachable, but it is very much so Jamaican. The, ester, really the esters are there. It's a 280 count, I believe. Two, 280 count on the esters, so that funk is there. And this is all long pond and the double retort still. It is unmistakably Jamaican, um, but it's not so Jamaican to the point where you have to be one of those dunderheads to really dig it. Right. It's not super history to where you just have to, you know, okay, I'm ready. Give it to me. No, are, and, that's not, and that's not talking ill. This, you know, Jamaican rum, especially the highest stuff, is, is, is beautiful, complex rum, but it's not for the faint of heart. But this has a delicacy to it that you don't expect when you Absolutely. say Jamaican Absolutely. Rum. And, yeah. I, and, and, and I, I do think that extra aging in the bourbon cast really helps uh, bring out some of the the wood notes on this. Um, it, it, this is a super limited one. It's available only at specs. It's a little on the pricey side, about $150 a bottle, yeah, but them. it's worth $300 a bottle. I've seen other brands out mm. there that uh, go for a lot more than not, not as nearly enjoyable a drink. And this might be my favorite one that we have out there right now. Um, it, it's it's I would say... I'm going to put this just a, a, a skosh above that Jamaican one with the tealing finish that we did for HBS a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. which up in that point was my favorite Jamaican single cast. This was my favorite now. I think Ian will agree with me when I say that here on Smoking and Toasting, we want the funk. Yes. We love the funk. Got to have, like have the funk. This has such a, a great finish to it. The very it really does. Kind of yeah. Did you well. get that char of the barrel on the nose? It's just got that, you know, I, I, I say this in the best possible way, it tastes expensive. Does that make sense? <laughs> it tastes expensive, and it is. Well, <laughs> well okay. But listen, no, that's a tagline from somebody else a long time ago. <laughs> if you're bu- but if you're buying an expensive bottle, and you know that's expensive for rums. I mean, you 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 can see whiskey and and some other spirits that there's a whole bunch of things in that price range. There's not as many rums. In that price range, right? I, I apologize. I just had a, a moan there on TV. <laughs> <laughs> no, TV on, on, on the mic there. It was it was involuntary. I had a big sip. I went, mm. <laughs> It's just such good rum. This makes me want to pair it with something with a beautiful Connecticut wrapper to it. Oh, well. yeah. Well, uh, what I was going to say about... about Anybody we know? Not, not a wrapper <laughs> from Connecticut. <laughs> yes, that's different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little little con. Little con. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back with a uh, with more of the show and more tasting, including a beer tasting. We're gonna taste this. What I expect to be a very large IPA. It's a hazy imperial uh, from a Droid Theory Brewing called Abandon All Hope. And I'm excited about that. In our next segment, we're also going to ask. We're gonna put uh, Bex on the spot and ask her. And I'm not giving you a hint until we get to it. The single biggest rum question that there is. And we'll see how she does. Doctors will just trial by fire. Oh okay. I don't know if I want that question. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've asked you this before, but uh, uh, but we'll ask Bex when we come back at Smoking and Toasting, and we'll be right back.
Welcome back. We are Smoking and Toasting, show number 224. Uh, we're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And we are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Check them out on the web. They are a sponsor of the show. We appreciate them doing that, and we appreciate you uh, supporting them. And when you do, you'll get really cool shirts and stuff. Do you have any word on them? Have you talked to them about doing a Smoke and Toast? Uh, uh, yes, there there are sure. conversations happening right now, actually, about that. So right. about getting a smoking and toasting mycigarshirts.com commemorative shirt. Oh, yes, commemorative so, even. Yeah, yeah. They actually asked if we had a photo of uh, Alan Denny that we could send. You want us to halfway to three hundred? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Halfway to three hundred. I think the commemorative work. halfway to three hundred. Yeah, uh, that's right. And. Sure. Uh, uh, so, so we'll tell you about when that's released. There's actually a whole slew of new designs coming for the spring. So uh, that's what I've been told. So, so welcome back to the show. We are glad to have you here. Oh, check them out uh, online, by the way, at myscarshirts.com because cigars. Yes. So, so Docs and Bex are here from Plantation Rum. Uh, Bex has uh, been with the company now for she said four or five months, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it is time for us to ask you. And we've asked Docs this before. I don't recall how well he did in answering this. But we're going to put you totally on the spot and ask you the biggest rum question there is. How do you deal with a drunken sailor? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Be be specific. At what time of day? Oh, I didn't know there was a time. Early in the morning. Early. Early. Okay. Yeah. Early in the morning. Push him off the boat. Perfect. I think think, think it qualifies. Push him off the boat. Uh, you know, so, most people will put him in a rowboat till he's sober. Yeah, but I suppose that works. Well, yeah. Note yeah. to self: don't turn don't back turn. on backs. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, um, so welcome back to the show. I, I forgot to pull out the next beer, Ian. So let me grab it here real quick, and we will move into our IPA. The next tasting. phase of our beer tasting, ladies and gentlemen, Adroit Theory Brewing from. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Purcellville, Virginia. <laughs> uh, it's what all this abandon, I love this. It's what all this Abandon All Hope talk uh, is about, uh, is this beer. It's the Abandon All Hope Hazy Imperial IPA. and uh, Yeah, this, uh, for those of you who are just listening and not watching, you just need to go look at a picture of this. Cause yeah, you can find it on the it's, 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 uh It's very apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. I may pass on this one. Almost oh, really? robot-looking guy. <laughs> Uh, so Bruce Stark did say that, according to his research, the "Abandon Hope, All Ye Who Enter Here" sign is, in fact, on the Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm, 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 I'm going to have to double check this because also the references, because I know for a fact that it is the original, uh, um, the original, original uh, uh, where it comes from is Dante's Inferno. Right, which, right, which, right. But I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if right. they were able to repurpose it. I don't know, because honestly, I, there used to be a club called Emo's back in the day. That I remember Emo's, the, yeah. not, not Emo's, no, that doesn't, not, but remember It wasn't Emo's, an Emo club. It, but yes, it was, it was an yeah. Emo club, but it had Emo's, uh, it had uh, on the back of it, all ye human to abandon all hope. That made me nervous back then. I think that I would notice it, because I know the reference. I, I think that I would notice it on that ride. I'd okay. be like, ah, we'll you move know what? on to Small World. You <laughs> know what, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you on this, though, because... Yeah. It could be. This yours? Uh, I think Sorry. this is mine. Um, it could be that it exists, but it's in the line, the the, the waiting queue, 
line. And I think you're like super Mr. Disney insider. You don't have to wait in all those line queues all the time. Where are you getting this from? I'm a, I'm a normal guy. Disney I put my curious. clothes on. He shows up. I put my pants like, hey, on. One at a time. His, Your golf cart is waiting. He puts his Mickey Mouse. <laughs> he puts his Mickey Mouse hat on one ear at a time, just like all the normal people, right? Uh, so, all right. Well, Your golf cart is wait, waiting to take you to your uh, suite. Right. So, I will say, I actually got that treatment at Disney once when I was uh, when I was working in the radio biz, and uh, Hollywood Records existed, and it was a subsidiary of Disney. And one of the Hollywood representatives Man, remember scored me, stores? yeah, scored me like some sort of super pass thing where I got to like skip the line. It was it's like getting the fast pass for every ride every time and walking right on. It was the greatest Disney experience ever. I wrote everything in like the first three hours, and then I just like. You know, now what? <laughs> I just went and drank. <laughs> I think that um, with this um, with Detroit the Theory Beer, they had the same person writing the uh, label. It says, according to the Surgeon General. Sorry, that jokes. <laughs> I had to bring it back. It's working for me. <laughs> um, uh, eight, so eight percent so volume. Yeah, this is a big beer. It is very big. Anytime an IPA is over seven. I think of it as being pretty big. Much hops in this uh, DDH, Mosaic, Vic Secret, Azaka, Eldorado, and uh, Moterre. So there's there's some actual information on this can for sure. Little so bit, yeah. So, so this is big. It reminds me of some of Stone's IPAs. This goes with uh, flank steak and uh, shiitake yakitori. I see a cheese pairing on there. Do I know? Uh, Romano. Uh, I don't know how to say Romano this, but, cheese. Uh, Pradera. Pa- who? Romano. Pradera. I think it's Ray. Romano Pradera. And Ray Romano cheese. I think it's Ray Romano, <laughs> Ray Romano cheese. Uh, it's R U U. So I'm. M A N O. Romano. So, Ian, obviously, I'm the IPA guy. I'm going to be prone to like something like this. They also not, have cigar pairings with it. What do they say to pair with this? Monte Cristo, Nicaragua Series, Robusto. Oh, well, that's a great cigar. That is a great cigar. Fortunately, they didn't say the Monte Cristo Epic. What's. what's <laughs> What's interesting about this is, uh, and also, uh, if you're wondering about the uh, the mouthfeel on this, contains lactose in that. Oh, so there's a little bit of that. Yeah. It gives it that uh, creamier mouthfeel. Super feel. orangey It's interesting how, yeah, how orange mm-hmm. juice big this is on the flavor, and it doesn't linger. It reminds me of, like, a big stone, except plus the citrus. Yeah. And when I say stone, I mean stone brewing. Yeah. Um, what do you think of this? I mean, I'm I'm the hophead, so I'm going to like this. I would drink this. You would I drink would, this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, you like the lighter beers. What's your take on this? Yes, I'm not a hoppy beer person, but honestly, it is so citrus forward. I would, I could drink this and not pull faces every time I say it. It does have a little, it does have a little dank on the, uh, on the finish. There's There's a little little dank dank. and a little, uh, little, um, pine cone. We like the dank and the pine cone. The dank, the dank. (laughs) What is dank? Uh, what how what is the definition of dank? Uh, <laughs> in this context. So right at the very end of the finish, the dankness is that kind of. It's almost an astringency, and and it it's a lingering, not quite pine coney kind of flavor. It's just, it's a little off, but in a good way. Okay. It's kind of like trying to describe funk in. In Jamaican rum. In Jamaican rum, but dank happens in IPA. Hmm. The more you know. Interesting. Uh, by the way, there's a note on the on the commentary, Adam, that says Bruce says he's not hearing the music. Is I'm I'm hearing it on our headphones when we have uh, segments. Is there something turned weird? I don't know. I I I don't know. I know nothing about this board, so I have Madness. no idea how to how to uh, pick it up. Um, I like this very much. I think it's it's big, but I like when you can go big 
and it's not just an absolute hop assault and the citrus kind of keeps it you know keeps it a little more balanced no this has this has flavor balance and doesn't yeah. just crush you with with seven mm-hmm. hops mm-hmm. i'm not a big ipa guy sorry six hops i don't hate this i thought yeah i was gonna say i, I thought i remembered this. you're not as big an ipa yeah. guy so all right so it's getting pretty good pretty good marks all the way around um it does have an intimidating can oh though. it totally does <laughs> it i don't, totally I don't does. like that can i wonder yeah. <laughs> 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 like we had to stop off at church on the way home abandon <laughs> hope yeah for sure um all right so where are we going next in the rum tasting uh, category here ducks Oh, dearie, dearie, dearie. Are we going to do one or two right now? Are we going to do one more in this segment and then... Can I throw a curveball? Sure. I love curveballs. Can we, can we, can we uh, uh, unleash some uh, cognac? Oh, I'd love that. Okay, I was and, enjoying... and, and we have an image on this. Also. The generations. Now, now, just the other evening. You can enjoy... Uh, you can uh, pour this into these uh, glasses. No, or I no, do, no, no, no. I do also well, have we're, some plastic we're, cups. We're going to get... What'd you say? I said, I do also have some plastic <laughs> Sir, I am not Nick Telemontes. You will not drink my stuff. And I we, feel like you've we, just thrown down a glove in front of this man. I feel like I did. That, that was totally planned, Nick. Don't, yeah, don't yeah. Uh, that was something he said actually before the show that we had to had to figure out how to repeat. So that was, that was kind of like when you're on, you know, like... Uh, the Jimmy Fallon show, and he asked you the question, but you know they know the question was coming, and they pretend to be surprised by the question. <laughs> it's, 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 it, yeah. it, it's like that. So, uh, so this is a cognac. It water? is a cognac. We have been known to dabble in that that uh, yes, category you, just yes, a touch. You, you do. But I do. I do want a fresh glass for you guys because this is something special here. Okay. Uh, and, and you and, really don't want the plastic cup. Yeah. And Adam, do you have that image you can throw up for us? Yes. Thank uh, you. Let's go to the replay. <laughs> uh, so this. Is the Ferrand Legendaire. Mm. The Ferrand Legendaire. This is the finest of our cellars. This is the best mm. way to describe it. Nice. We have done other older cognacs. We used to do the Abel, which was uh, 40 years old around that, that, that area. Mm-hmm. And we also did um, the Ancestral, which was 60 to 70 years old. And this is going to range as high as 70 years old, but there's going to be some a, a full range of cognac. But this, you know, here's the thing the, the bottle the, looks way better on TV. Which one? <laughs> well, that, this is just a sample one. Did it come up already? <laughs> look, look, no. yeah. So, so, so leave, leave that uh, image it looks up. bigger on TV. When you order on Wish. <laughs> leave that image up for just a little bit. Where's your glass? This is his glass. This is glass. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's, oh, well, sorry. I just is, wanted to throw some levity in there. This, this is fantastic on the nose. <laughs> fantastic. So what you're looking at there in that image, that is actually a hallway of what's called Chateau Mademoiselle. It is the uh, family home of the last living descendant uh-huh. of Eli Ferrand VIII, who is the, our inspiration for our cognacs. And the bottle, the box that it comes in, you'll see that uh, kind of uh, creepy lady hand holding the ball. That's a knocker on the front door of the... Uh, no uh, kidding. Yeah, that's a recreation <laughs> that's awesome. of that. Now, this is just a little sample bottle. Now, this is available only at Specs. We've only got four bottles in the state and all four uh, Specs on Smith Street. And it's about, I think, $2,500 and some change okay. in that area. Yeah. But what this cognac is... Ian, do you want one or two? On the way home. You know, I'm going to go with one. Okay. <laughs> Start with one. Going to have to sell something. See how, see, you know, see how that works out. Uh, see how your well, credit but scores. But seriously, though, if it's 70 years old, if, there, if there's well, no, 70 no, years no, old. No, hold, con- hold the phone. Here. Let's not get caught up in that 70 because that's the okay. old. That's that's what we call the bonificatura. That's the oldest cognac inside okay. in, in, right. in the blend. Can, 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 I, just, can but, I just say something to all my friends watching this um, as I'm about to take a sip of $2,500 a bottle cognac? <laughs> 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 I 
I noticed that you didn't even use the effects box. You went for you. You went for you. Well, uh, wow, this is, uh, yeah, this is, this, it's, t it's a tough life, um, Ian. Staying, hum stay, staying humble there, my friend. I love yeah. it. <laughs> it just smells so incredible. I haven't even tasted yeah, it. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. I'm, I'm just enjoying savoring. the savoring. Yeah. I mean, we, well, honestly, guys, we, we could take a whole show here just to take our time on this one. But well, you're not kidding. It's, it's something special because what this is, this is our opus. This is our uh, this is the finest of our sellers. It's not all about the age. These are the ones hand-selected by Alexandre and, and our team as our finest cognacs, and we're going to blend those into very small batches. Mm. It's very rare. <laughs> Um, it's extremely rare, and that's that's what puts that price tag on it. I once learned this from, uh, actually from the, the master blender of Martel years ago, and that is no, there's no such thing as a 100-year-old cognac. There's no such thing as a 200-year-old cognac. Uh, you ha Spirits are defined, their age, is just cognac and all spirits are defined by the amount of time they spend aging in wood, usually oak. All right? All right. If you take a 70-year-old cognac that sat in a barrel for 70 years, and you put it into what they call the Demijohn, uh, the big uh, uh, um, uh, glass bottles which mm -hmm. they used to store the cognac afterwards, <coughs> at least the, the, the fine cognacs, um, and you let it sit for another 100 years, it's still only 70 years old. Because it only is defined by the amount of time it's in the barrel. That's correct. So, so, so uh, and, and the fact of the matter is that a 100-year-old cognac, a 100-year-old spirit of any kind, it's going to be sludge. It's going to be a dust. Right. It's just not going to be anything drinkable or usable there. So letting us not get too caught up in ages in all ages, the time. In ages, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, um, and, and uh, I had another thought on that, and I think it's all the IPA and the cognac I've been drinking here. <laughs> uh, so, well, I can ask you this. When it comes to cognac, and you've got something that's this spectacular. Is it the grapes? Is it the aging? Is it the cask? Is it the blend? Obviously, it's all of those things. But what are the, the what answers? Are, yes. It, <laughs> are any of those more important than others when it comes to to crafting a spirit that's this outstanding? So we have a term at, at Fanon, and we call it élevage. And, and 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 the best way to describe élevage, and it's not just our term, but it, it, the best way to describe élevage is just the steps that we take. It's the first step to the last step in the care that we take. <laughs> so we are 100% Grand Champagne cognac, as you know, uh, and and we are in the Golden Triangle. Grand Champagne, which is the best area of Grand Champagne. So we have a foot up in the in, in the race, but but just we start off wonderfully because we are in the best part of the best part of the best part of the world to grow grapes to make brandy to make in this brandy case, cognac. Yeah. All right, so um, and a, a lot of it is uh, uh, you know the, there is you know you're very limited on the variety of grapes you can use. There's only seven you can use, and and 90% of the blend has to be of three varieties, which is going to be Folie Blanc, Uni Blanc, and Colombard. And if we use mostly uh, Uni Blanc with a little bit of Colombard, mostly just for the ombre. Um, you know, but again, it's that Grand Champagne region. It's the care of, of the aging and the blending. And we practice something called Redouage. And I know there's someone in that speaks perfect French, especially in the cognac world, that goes, we do what? Because I know I said that wrong. <laughs> but that's the best I can say it. There's Redouage. And that is the act of uh, we, uh, uh, we check our cognacs in the barrel. And if we feel that the barrel needs a little something and it's not aging up to our standards, we're going to take the cognac out of that barrel. We're going to strip it down. We're going to probably replace two to three to four staves and rebuild the barrel and put that cognac back in. It's an incredible. I mean, that doesn't sound like a pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Oh, okay, but, but that's all part of Elvage. Yeah. It's the care that we put into that's it. Making right. sure. And, 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 and to be fair, that is not an uncommon thing in the cognac world. There is an art to blending. And in larger blending houses like Hennessy and Martel and Cuvasse, they make wonderful cognacs from top to bottom. No question about it. And, and, and But they don't always uh, uh, produce or, I should say, distill all their uh, base spirit. 
There's nothing wrong with that. Cognac is proof there's an art to blending, and that is the true sign uh, of the best houses. Not only, uh, you know, it, it's not just the distillation, but it's the blending. It's the blending, it's the aging and the blending. That's what makes a good Cognac house. And that could, that could be true in, in a lot of spirits. I mean, you look at, there's, there's some of, there are some blended whiskeys that are just so much better than any of those distillates would have been let's, by themselves. Let's talk about this for a moment. Yeah, we should. This is unbelievable. It is. It's absolutely unbelievable. I can't believe. And it's like, a delightful you grapiness know, on the nose. When like you get an amazing chocolate or something, you let mm -hmm. it just melt in your mouth. Right. And you just sit there and savor it. That's what I keep doing with this. I just let it sit on I'm, my palate. I'm taking the smallest sips that I can to prolong <laughs> the experience. And you know it's what I mean? absolutely amazing. There's no heat from this, yeah. like whatsoever. Uh, the and and the grape forwardness of it and the uh, and the, like there's you can almost taste like the grape skin yes almost mm -hmm. right there it's it's there's a little astringency to that we, we, we get that tannins definitely for sure but yes. we, it's, it's not that that choking tannins you know it's not over tannin no. um, it, it's like this perfect amount and we distill with the leaves and and, and these uh, is is distilling with uh, some of the the skin and some of the stem and that sort of thing. And depending on the cognac that we want to produce, the heavier we go on the leaves. We we always distill with leaves, um, uh, and that's one of the reasons why you really get the that that that, that skin of the grape in there. That's wow. really good. Wow, uh, wow it's just amazing. it's just outstanding. I mean, there's it's almost it's almost difficult to describe how good this is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's uh, you feel like I said all those other descriptive words about that other thing that wasn't nearly this good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's just, uh, it, it can be a little difficult to find the right Cognac's so the good. Right what the hell are we talking about before yeah. this? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> but, you know, I, I don't, Cognac is not a go-to spirit for me. It's something I enjoy every once in a while. Uh, I, I would have to, if I had a bottle of this in the bar at home, I would have to redefine special occasion, though. Uh, I yeah, you know I, I mean? don't know if I can keep my hands off it, though. Yeah. It's like I a just... bag of chips that's open. You're like, oh, just take a, just take a couple. <laughs> right, yeah. I'll be like, Except for it's like a, a $2,500 bag of chips. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I... No, this is absolutely amazing. I don't, I've don't. i never tasted a cognac like this. And I, I mentioned earlier I was uh, indulging in the generations. Uh, ten generations, yes. The ten generations yeah. uh, just last week and thinking to myself, you know, I don't drink cognac all that often. Yeah, but I sure like it when I do. Yeah. This See is... again another T-shirt. I don't drink cognac often, but when I do, that's for on ten generations. <laughs> I think somebody's come close to that before. Yeah. Uh, well, really, really just outstanding. I, I'm, um, uh, I'm almost speechless now. Uh, this would be the third time, Ian. So I'm, I, I'm excited to to share this with you, and and, and I want I, I kid you not, no one, and I mean no one inside of my universe has tasted this yet. You're the first. This wow. is amazing. Wow. Well, we, we're we're honored. Wow. This is a this this is quite a thing. Ian, do you want to send that message out to your uh, friends one more time? Yeah. To to anybody who thinks, oh, that guy has this podcast. Uh, I'm just gonna say, uh, Pierre Ferrand. $2,500 cognac. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. And I get to try it. And with that, we will take a break. And we will be right back. By the way, coming up, how could you not follow this 
with drinking news. There's just there's just nothing else that would be appropriate. Drinking news, drinking news is up next, and more tasting. Uh, although I don't know, uh, we may have we may have gone too big too early here, Doc. So this is uh, <laughs> this is going to be good. I, we'll I be see right my back. friend Bach is watching. He's going to be featured on this before long. Smoking and toasting. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting, uh, the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are show number 224 today, and we are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Yes. Our guests are uh, Docs and Bex from uh, Plantation Rum and Pierre Ferran, Maison Ferran. And I just want to say, uh, by the way, Bex, you've been getting some good uh, uh, some good action on the uh, on the comments section on the show. <laughs> uh, Bruce uh, Stark on Stark says... Uh, Bex hasn't said much, but when she does, it's spot on. That's what he said. Bruce, so. I, I can assure you that is Thank not you. the norm. <laughs> okay, and good. it's very, it's very. Fe- she's Which, she's got a lot to say. Not that it's wrong, but yeah, just, right. she's got a lot more to <laughs> say. A lot to say. All right. This well, is, this is a, this has been a real treat. We, we also <laughs> had uh, Bruce say, "Whoa, that's a big ukulele," and uh, <laughs> Wiki Brian said, "Don't feed his ego." Okay. <laughs> well, ordinarily Ian does play the drinking news theme song on ukulele, but today. Today you're on guitar, so today I am on guitar. Are we uh, ready for drinking news? Uh, we are. Let me just let me just say before we begin, uh, the drinking news is a segment of the show where uh, we bring you a news story from somewhere. It is often, but not always, about drinking, but it is generally a story that is best enjoyed if you are drinking. And uh, today's today's story is actually about drinking. So here we go. Drinking news. Drinking. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When I asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news. So somehow we've we've not been able to cheers, y'all. cheers, y'all. We've somehow we've not been able to get this segment to go away. Uh, <laughs> it just keeps it keeps it's coming haunting back. haunting us too. It just keeps coming back. Uh, so for today's drinking news, I actually dropped back a few years for a story that took place in 2012. I didn't know where you were going with that. Uh, today's story. I'm just putting background music behind you. You know, I can't actually do this because it just distracts him. He starts. Listening to the guitar. <laughs> so, uh, a little background before we uh, before we give this story. You know, I don't know if you know that much about the Amish, but if you've at, if you've at least watched movies or television shows, you may know that there's this point in time when the Amish young people, teenagers, are allowed to leave and go out into the world and experience the world, like and in Kingpin. S- yes, yeah, so they're wild oats, that type of thing. And then if they want to come back and live the Amish lifestyle. They at least know they've tried it, and this is better for them. And some of them eventually leave. What's the ratio of those that actually come back? I, I, think, I, I think, honestly, I think more of them come back, a lot more of them come back than than, than not. I, I, think, I think it's like culture shock for them. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know whether the four young men in today's drinking news story wound up going back or not, but apparently they were on their Amish spring break. Authorities in western New York in 2012 
charged four young Amish adults with illegal possession of alcohol after they collided with a police car during their drinking party. What is notable about this is they collided with the police car in their horse and buggy. <laughs> <laughs> Why was it illegal an illegal possession of alcohol? Uh, they were probably underage, oh, okay. which would be my guess. Uh, it was a... Um, a crash that occurred about uh, 7.15 on a Sunday evening near the rural town of Sherman, uh, near the Pennsylvania border in North uh, New York's southwest corner. Officials say deputies were responding to reports that people were drinking in several Amish buggies on a county road. As a patrol car arrived on the scene, one of the Amish buggies changed lanes and collided with the, with the police vehicle. The buggy flipped on his side, causing minor injuries to one of the people on board. Police say... This is my favorite line in the whole story. Several other buggies fled the scene. <laughs> and that, my friends, was good enough to bring back from 2012 for your drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. That was time for drinking news. I have so many jokes, they're like all they're all stuck in the door, they can't get out. I just love the idea. The idea of seeing them try the getaway to make buggy. A, try to make a getaway with the horse and buggy. Make haste and go That's that's just absolutely okay. brilliant. So. I, I have an update. May I may I oh, uh, please? Sorry, from from my lovely wife, Suzanne Snyder Doxakis, you know, new Zany. Uh, this is official here. Dante's. This is a reference. Dante's Inferno, the ninth circle of hell, is referenced in the Pirates of the Caribbean, the movie, The Curse of the Black Pearl. So okay. I do not believe it to be in the ride. It's in the movie. It's in the movie. So okay. we're all right. All right. Well, I'm glad that we cleared that up because yes. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to have ended the show without, you know, setting the story straight, <laughs> leaving people to feel that it's. Uh, not appropriate. Now we didn't get a big sound effect there, Ian. No, but I know that was that was wax top. It was all wax, and then even when I uh, dropped the lid, it didn't or the uh, cap, it didn't go. Mm -hmm. clink, clink, clink. We had a bit of a hard time getting the wax off. <laughs> wax on, wax going off. the wrong direction. Yeah, I think I think that's right. So what we're trying here is uh, one that they recommend that you cellar, and this has been cellared, or in my case, beer closeted, uh, from back in uh, 2019. This is the Deschutes. The Abyss, and Ian, once you've done the pouring there, I want you to read all of the stuff that it says on the, because it's not just an Imperial Stout. It's an Imperial Stout that they've done a whole bunch of stuff too. So, are we being buzzed by a drone? What is that sound? I don't, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, I, I, think they're, I think they're doing yard work out uh, there. Okay, fair enough. Something happened right, to us when it was at my house. Remember that? Uh -huh. Yes. It's the, the same guy the out there. Floor. <laughs> Deschutes Brewery Bend, Oregon, The Abyss, 2013 Reserve. Yeah. No, it's 2019. According to the Surgeon General, women should not drink... Yeah, that's, oh, that's the wrong that's, part of that. That's what I was hoping it's you would do. the same guy writes all these. I know. He's, he's right. uh, very prolific. No, it says 2013 Reserve. That was a 13, okay. right? Yes. Confirmed by uh, Bex. All right. Very Argue good. with her. Very good. <laughs> right. All right. All right so what does, this, what does this say, though, under, under um, The Abyss? Uh, malt beverage brew, brewed with blackstrap molasses, licorice with cherry bark and vanilla, added with 6% aged in oak bourbon barrels. That's a long description. 11% aged in oak barrels okay. and 11% aged in oak wine barrels. Hmm. Wow. So it's dark, really... it's deep, it's mysterious. This imperial stout 
has a measurable depth, inviting you to explore and discover its rich, complex profile. The flavor of this special brew draws you in further and further with each sip. The abyss beckons. Enjoy the journey. You could do it. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) So abandon all your hope and go into the abyss. I love it. I love it. Did somebody say that's what she said? Now, she said that it smells like soy sauce. So has this possibly been cellared for too long? Because that's what can happen if you cellar it for too long and it's past its prime. Man, it's on the hairy gray edge of yeah. It's a little bit past. I can't believe there's there's no coffee in production here because I'm getting a ton of coffee on this. This is there is definitely coffee. This is this is substantially past its prime. Hmm. So there's a it's interesting. It happens. happens. Okay, so it's interesting. When this says uh, 2013 reserve, so when you got it was in I got it in 2019. 2019. So by then it was already uh, six years old. You had a couple extra years on it. Uh, Some beers will do that and they'll they'll be fine. Some. They start to turn, and this one just kind of went to soy sauce. Is this the first time we've had that happen on 220? It's the first one episodes? that we've tried that that's definitely yeah, happened to. Yeah, well, that's disappointing because I was really looking forward to this. It almost has its flavor intact in the front, but man, the finish on no, it is. You no, know, you're absolutely right. You get that coffee. Sauce. You get the coffee up front, but uh-huh. yeah, the finish is. is uh, is and it smells sauce. like yeah, it smells and, like and not the good kind. It smells it's super biscuits too. Okay, yeah. I am oh, familiar totally. with this beer. However, I'm going to tell you that the Abyss, um, any of their stouts from Deschutes, uh, and especially in this line, are outstanding. This one just happens to be, it sat a little too long. Well, and so and so there's the uh, there's the cautionary tale of the show today. If you have one of these, don't let it sit for don't too let it go too long. long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even even the beers that are meant to be cellared. <laughs> Wiki Brian is very upset closer. by this, but this is definitely yeah. He's familiar with this too. His, yeah. this is definitely past yeah. Brian. Yeah, well, and uh, it happens. Our apologies to the guests uh, who brought us great uh, cognac and rum. How dare and, you? And, and, and we, we, we insulted rolling. them with, uh, Give with a little extra so, so sauce. So, uh, so tell me then, uh, where are we going to try to uh, uh, kind of move away from that taste? <laughs> <laughs> Please. Uh, I feel bad now because if their beer is truly better than that and normal like like it's like I want to put a pin in this and come back and try like a fresh one. Well, oh, it's uh, really it actually is. Deschutes does even just their regular. You know, if you just go buy like a six pack of their porter, uh, it fantastic stuff. Uh, but but yeah, this one just this one just yep. sat too long. We all have our bad that's, days. That's not their fault. That's my fault for leaving it in the beer closet. In 2019, long. it might have still been. Yeah, it might have been all right. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a six to seven year mark I've found on a lot of stouts that uh, that it starts getting a little sketchy. Four mm. years is a good place to go. Yeah, four four works pretty good for uh, for stouts or porters. You're right. So, all right, docs, take us somewhere. We're gonna go to Panama. All right, I love I love Panama, Panama. and we're gonna start with the Panama six year old. Uh, we we released two Panama rums this past year, um, and and the reason why I brought them both two reasons. Number one. Uh, they're both still available. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate to uh, tease the listeners something they can't get anymore. Uh, yeah, th- do that on Chris Hart's show, because that's, <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's, that's what he likes to do. And here's something that hasn't existed in over 100 years. Yeah. Let's enjoy it now. <laughs> enjoy it, yes. Um, so, uh, but they are uh, uh, two beautiful rums and two different kinds of expressions, I should say. So let's start with the Panama six-year-old, and this was one that uh, I didn't do it for a specific group. Uh, I, I released this one on General Market, and you can find it anywhere in Texas right now at your better retailers. Uh, but this one is going to be uh, three and a half years in the Ferran cask. Uh, uh, excuse me, three and a half years in the Bourbon cask. Uh, 
one and a half years in Ferran Castle, it's going to spend an extra one and a half years in Marsala Wine Castle. Ooh, very nice. Yeah. Okay. This is going to be a, a savory, uh, yeah, let's do that. That's fine. So while, while he's pouring that, I'll just give a random Panama fact. Um, the classic song Panama by Van Halen, not about the country or the canal. It's not? No, it's about a stripper David Lee Roth knew that was named Panama. <laughs> That's a true story, by the way. Sounds about right. Uh, yep, not surprising at all. So, um, Panama rum. Now, uh, are there distinctive characteristics? Like, we know uh, Jamaican rum is going to generally be a little more funky. Are there distinctive characteristics for rum from Panama that you would uh, that you would say to look for? <laughs> Come on, man, jump in. You like Panama rum. Panama yeah. rums I find to be richer. Yeah? A little on the sweeter side. And I hate using the word sweet because... Uh, uh, it can give the wrong connotation. It, it, for, yeah. for some of the rum heads, it's like, oh, it's sweet. Oh, gross. No, no, no. It's not overly sweet. It's it's not uh, cloyingly sweet. Right. But, but typically, the, the Panama rums, at least all the Panama rums I've ever had, have been on the richer, sweeter side. You know? mm -hmm. it, so, It definitely has that almost like sweet fruit sort of uh, vibe on the nose. Mm -hmm. And on the nose, I'm getting a hint of 70-year-old cognac. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. A little bit of that. I always bring extra glassware, I always mm. say. <laughs> no. uh, but seriously, though, um, on the nose, it has a, uh, can you say a savory nose? Is that is it possible to have a savory nose? It's not sure. sweet, but there's sure. just a lot going on there. Mm. Sure. I think savory would be more complex. Sweet is kind of a, a single Note, savory mm -hmm. is more intermingled. So you definitely taste the the marsala, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for sure. On that. And, and 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 but it's not like this 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 like super intruding influence. Sometimes we'll get the spirits that you can tell they've been, uh, you know, triple finished or extra aged or something, and that that secondary spirit turns tends to take over a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's not here. It's very it's very complimentary. And as marsala wine uh, can be uh, on the sweet side sometimes, but it, it is definitely a savory uh, wine. And it definitely save save savories up this particular rum. Ian, will you just make sure that gets a good uh, camera view? That's yeah, very very good. That's when um, you can find like fifty five, sixty dollars. Okay, so around the same general price range as the first one that we yeah. that we tried. Yeah, you can find um, one on NASA liquor. But it's, it's so different though from that. I mean, it it you can tell that it's rum and that that was rum, but they're like you know, you ever meet like those members of the same family that you wonder if maybe one of them is adopted. Like it's it's, it, it, it's it's kind of like that different. Like you don't you don't look anything like that. But no, it couldn't be more different from the from the first one and still be rum. You know well, what I mean? But that's our this, that's our mission. This you know? beautiful sugarcane note in here that mm -hmm. just. And, and like, am I crazy? Do you get a little mint on the nose? There is a, a little subtle hint. hint of I can mint. go with that. A subtle hint of mint. I like it. Um, no, it, it. You're absolutely right, though. It's. It's it's part of what you guys do to come up with all these different flavors and expressions of rum. And I think it's part of why you guys, more so than any other rum company that I know of, you are really diverse in terms of where the rum comes from, where it was distilled, what the, what the different flavors and stuff are. Would you mind saying that one more time? Sure. It... <laughs> no, no, but it really—you just replay you guys, the video. You guys are so diverse. I mean, it really is true. You have more differing expressions of rum than any other uh, rum company. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some wonderful rums out there, but they have a tendency to kind of feel like they're very much in the same family. You guys yeah. feel like you're 
an extended family almost with uh, with a different uh, uh, different fla- flavor profiles based on all the places that you're. Well, and for Rick, I actually say it again because it's the greatest compliment you can give us, and that that because that's our mission is is that is is to is, is to display or if not celebrate the diversity of the toa of rum, and that is, you know, the the rums uh, they do. Uh, have different characteristics and that is going to be largely based on where that rum is produced so your isle of fiji rum Hmm? that we've had on the show before that i've ian tasted tasted it one time yeah (laughs) Uh, that rum retails for like 25 dollars it's like how i'm trying to I, I almost want to say that it's the best. It's about the best twenty-five dollars you could spend on a spirit. I you, have, you have more experience with that one than I do. I, I do, so so I'm not afraid to say it. But <laughs> but it, it is amazing to me though that you know we've sampled this cognac that was you know uh, from a twenty-five hundred dollar bottle, mm-hmm. and yet all the way down at the other end of the spectrum, you guys are able to produce a twenty-five dollar bottle of rum that that really is just so full of flavor and outstanding. And what I guess the question I'm trying to ask very awkwardly is, how can you do that that inexpensively for something like Isle of Fiji? Well, I don't think it's that inexpensive. $25 is still a handsome uh, amount for a, uh, for a spirit. And I wouldn't call it cheap. But, I, you know, uh, and I just, well, rum itself, you know, rum <laughs> is by, um, by category, Significantly less expensive than than, than, than scotches and, and sure. whiskeys and that Absolutely. sort of thing. Because you go buy. A, is that just because of the market, or is it because of it being a more inexpensive spirit to distill? Is it? You know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with just the base material being the sugar cane or the molasses. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that just maybe just as a category and as a business, they haven't. Pumped up the prices yet? I don't know. Right. I, well, I think <laughs> that might it's, be true. It's an excellent don't question. Don't let that, let that happen. So we've totally seen this happen in tequila. But listen, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's an excellent question because what makes spirits expensive is mm-hmm. the aging process. It's the most right. expensive part because you right, lose so much waiting. product. You're sitting on product and you're paying taxes on that. There's just no way to speed up the the the, the, uh, the watch on that. There's no uh, there, there's no hyperdrive, and so that's what makes it expensive. But at the same time, and and, and the and the if you know we don't have a, a, a stated age on the Isle of Fiji, but it's going to be around the five-year mark, and we definitely have that that, that five-year age on, on the Barbados five-year. But as we get into some of these older expressions, there's certainly going to, the price is going to go up, but really what's going to drive that price is going to be the rarity of it. Right. Now, some of us have only have so much of it. It was a one-shot deal. Absolutely. You know? so, no, that makes and, sense. And, and rarity does drive up the price, and not artificially. I mean, I, uh, I know that there's a, a big argument about you know the, the, the prices of, of, of hard-to-get bourbons that didn't used to be hard to get, that it's inflated and pumped up. That's not the case here. We're not talking about you know ridiculously large amounts of, of money here. It's just a natural reflection of it's the rarity like, of the product. It's not like Pappy, which... You know, I'm not familiar with uh, that. Pappy Van Winkle. Um, <laughs> oh, you're not familiar. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Never but, heard of it. But but there's a situation where you almost feel like it's priced where it is because that's what the market will bear. I know there's there's some limited availability. But yeah, I, I think that's a that's a fair assessment. And 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 um, I, again, it is, I think it's rare too. Like I think if you see like a smaller producer that's putting out a, a, a younger rum for the first time, and there's a certain amount of money they need to make to stay in business, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what right. the, that's what their product is worth. That's sure. If, if they have to charge thirty five dollars for a product they feel is the best they could offer to you, and it's a three year old rum, then it's up to the consumer to 
to decide to, if that's fair or not. Exactly, yeah. and, and and I would not call that greed. Uh, uh, no, no. You know, it's uh, people. You need to turn a profit. You need, you need to make money to keep a business afloat. So Absolutely. there's no shame in that. But that said, we've I've seen just in the last ten years, I've seen the prices of tequila begin yeah. to climb yeah. pretty dramatically. I mean, it seems like every time I buy another bottle of Reserva de la Familia, it's 5 to $10 more than it was the last time I bought it. And uh, and it's not the only one. I feel like we're going waves with tequila, though. I feel like in the early 2000s, there was that shortage, that uh, alleged uh, shortage of agave where the price of tequila went way up. But I think we're going waves in that. Yeah, that may be true. That may, that may be true. Uh, is there any... Uh, scarcity of sugarcane and molasses that can be caused by weather conditions in the countries where uh, these are uh, originated. I think, like any crop, uh, you know, bad weather can certainly, you know, hurt the harvest. If that's the correct word for it. Uh, but I, I'm not aware of any current situation where it's going to be any shortage right. of sugarcane or molasses. And you have to remember, there's just so many different areas where sugarcane. Uh, is being grown and, and, and molasses being processed. You know, um, rum is rum is definitely a spirit though that is kind of coming into its own. I think uh, and being more respected, you see more. You know, I get a number of the cigar magazines. I see more and more articles yeah. about pairing cigars and rum. And I'll say this as somebody who enjoys cigars and spirits. I think rum is probably the easiest spirit oh, to pair with cigars. You absolutely. almost, if it's a good quality rum, you almost can't absolutely. go wrong. You almost can't go wrong. And whereas uh, whiskey can be a little trickier. You need the right cigar with the right whiskey. That's why we do the whiskey sniff. So, uh, which, by the way, we're uh, we're working on uh, the process of uh, of being able to do the whiskey sniff again. We took a year off during the pandemic, obviously, but we do want to do the whiskey sniff again uh, yeah. in twenty twenty one. So we'll we also have to find time to do our two hundred. Uh, episode yes, which we, which we never did. Well, well, once everybody gets vaccinated, uh, we'll do the yeah, we'll do the delayed two hundred. Which number are we on right now? Uh, we're two twenty four right now. Two twenty four. So that would actually be one ninety nine points. Yeah, You know, because when we did the hundredth episode, we had what was there, there was like twenty pe- oh, twenty people there. Absolutely, I was, was out of the country and I hated yeah. to miss that. I remember yeah. that. Oh. It was uh, the longest show we've ever done. <laughs> Coming in at like four. It hours. sure felt that way watching. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should have been there. I uh, know, but uh, no, it was a lot of fun, and we wanted to do something you know similar, take it up a notch, maybe for the two uh, hundredth show. But we were in lockdown, so. Uh, there wasn't much that we could do. How much so. more time do we have in this segment? Uh, we're about done with this segment. We have a uh, we have a final segment. We can come back and do something else. Perfect, because we're going to we're going to we're going to build a bridge and the gap between these next two rooms. We're going to go to a connection. All right, good. We'll come back with that connection uh, and wrap up smoking and toasting uh, after this. It's smoking and toasting two twenty four. Smoking and Toasting, show number 224. We are all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And we're brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Yes. Uh, Docs and Bex are here from Plantation Rum. And uh, you guys have... Um, this, has been, this has been a very interesting show. I mean, we we had a, a beer that had gone bad and a $2,500 cognac, like in the same show. 
That's that's pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> I like to think that anytime I come on this show, it's an interesting show. Well, just... <laughs> uh, seriously, you're you're a favorite guest for a reason. I mean, you really do know yourself when it comes to rum and, and cognac and and the stuff that you guys do. And you know, I think it's it's one thing to go, yeah, I'm a rep. Our stuff tastes good, but it is another to actually know what this is all about. And that's that's why it's fun to have you on, like in all in all seriousness. And it's also fun because you bring great stuff. So, <laughs> well, I'm 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 blessed to, to have uh, to work with a company where it's not just my vocation; it's my avocation. It, 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 it's interesting to me. Yeah, it's, I'm passionate. Well, about I, it. I think that's I think that's important. I've always. Uh, I've always felt like, who is it that said, uh, if you find a job that you love, you'll never work a day in your life? And mm. that's that's kind of what uh, that's kind of what this feels yeah, like. Yeah, well, that's not true. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I, <I'm>, maybe <laughs> not. But if you find a job that you love that also involves drinking, I almost use another word, but I know we're trying to clean it up these days. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's okay. Like I think I told you, Chris Hart was on a couple of weeks ago. Uh, dropped the f bomb like fourteen times. It's it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Um, so you were going to uh, build a bridge between the rum that we just tasted. I am, I am. And the, uh, which was the Panama, right? I just, I, I just got a quick flashback. I think it was the, the Judds that had that song, Love Can Build a Bridge. Rum can build a bridge. Oh. So here we go. Uh, so we had the Panama six year, we have the Panama 2007. Now, even though this came from the exact same distillery in South America, um, and uh, uh, um, it's also going to be double-aged in the Ferran uh, Cognac cast, in, in France, uh, the triple tertiary aging on this one is champagne cask. Mm. Champagne ah. cask. So does it give it a brighter um, uh, being champagne cask? I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to ruin it for you. I'm gonna let you be the judge of that. <laughs> right, your, which enough. one's glass is yours? Uh, that one's that. Yeah. yeah. I want, I want, I want your opinion on this. Okay. Um, and uh, I think you're gonna see something different right away. What a wonderful noise. That yeah, is a great noise. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's very good. Um, well, I, I can tell on the nose, it's, it is very bright. Mm -hmm. But it's also very, very much uh, rum. So it's not, um, you, you know, when uh, when you have some of, and I don't know what the proof is on this, but when you have some of the higher proof rums, you get strength on the nose more than you get the sort of sugar cane sure. rum vibe. This and one's this 92, is... and I believe that one is 84. Bex, can you check for me? I'm sorry. Uh, I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. Probably 80, 88. On the nose, I really like this. Like, this is very... This promises... From the nose, this promises the kind of... Uh, the kind of flavor I really, really love in rum. So I was wrong. That one was 90. So uh, automatically, when we said that, that one was a little bit more savory on the nose, this mm -hmm. one... As you said, it's more rumish on the nose. Yeah, uh, you get that. Okay, I'm glad that. that wasn't a stupid comment because I was like, it's very <laughs> rum-like. Like, rum. You're not wrong. <laughs> it's like was it Jim Gaffigan talks about people who buy bottled water, uh, and they taste it. Go, this is really good. This is more watery than regular water. <laughs> well, this is more rummy than regular rum. Am I getting a hint of water on there? <laughs> wow, you know your water, don't you? Um, he's a staple in our house. He, he, I, he's kind of like church for us. My wife and my son watch him every Sunday morning, it feels like. I so. will say that uh, back in the day when I was doing the radio thing, which I've talked about a lot today, which is kind of weird because I don't usually talk about that, but um, I was uh, able to have Jim Gaffigan in the studio Ooh. a number of times. He wasn't as big yeah. then as he is now, but he was still, you know, still headline, you know, comedy clubs and stuff. But he was, um, first of all, one of the most gracious and awesome guests ever. That makes me happy to hear that. And, and secondly, he didn't need to do his material. He would just sit in the room, mm -hmm. and you would 
talk about stuff and he would be funny yeah, about but that is whatever. that is his material though yeah. he well, just, no, it's, just right. it's, it's almost conversational and just like you know something he's got, he's got the he has the funniest uh, uh, he, he he can find what's funny about anything yeah. you know what I mean so yeah yeah it's just just fun and observational but this is definitely more rummy than regular rum you're not, you're not wrong <laughs> Uh, I love it on the nose. I love it even more on the palate. It's really fantastic. <laughs> hey, Mom, do you feel like you're not getting enough rum out of your normal rum? <laughs> <laughs> it's like an ad from WandaVision. <laughs> uh, wow. This is uh, this is really... Tell me what I'm getting here, because maybe because we've had so many different things, I'm having a hard time describing this. As it, it, there's vanilla. Uh-huh. There's um, definite sugarcane uh, wonderfulness. So it's I, not super sweet, but it's it's just bright. So it, it, thank you. It's bright. I think it has more of a feeling than the than the other mm -hmm. Panama. The other Panama six year was that more of that savory flavor and, and you're getting that Michelin wine. This one here is just definitely you just feel it on the palate. It's more comfortable on the palate. It's warming. It's bright. Um, and I will say this. So the, the champagne cask and I got a theory. Science. I got a theory on this, right? Science. <laughs> Science. <laughs> so, do you remember uh, when uh, Glenn Fiddick did their uh, Grand Cru Scotch? Yes. Did you ever try that one? Yes, wonderful. The first time I tried that one, I was expecting something on a richer side and that sort of thing, but it was super dry. And that was just, you know, the cognac guy and me assuming that by Grand Cru they meant cognac finished mm -hmm. scotch. It was not. It was champagne cask, and it was a super dry scotch. This, I feel, is that very similar thing. I think that that champagne cask really dries out the rum, but not in a way that's erasing all the flavor off of it. Mm -hmm. it's, just mm -hmm. taking, it's just taking some of the more richness from the Panama rum and, and, and drying it up a little bit and letting some of that other uh, flavors uh, roll out and let that, that warm, this golden mouthfeel shine. You know? There's an underlying fruity sweetness that mm -hmm. lingers on this that really is pleasant. It's... It's got and it's got a little more of a rum hug on the end mm -hmm. than some of the others that we've tried. Rum hug, t-shirt. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Rum <laughs> hug. <laughs> well, it started with Ian's phrase whiskey hug, and now we apply that to to everything. Actually, I think uh, I think we have to have a t-shirt made that says on the front that says the whiskey hug, and on the back says it's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but adding on to what you were saying earlier about how plantation really showcases the different terroirs of the world, you know, these are both Panamas and And they, they couldn't be more different. Right. They yeah. have these amazingly different personalities and they share the same ter or a similar terroir. I mean, they're both from Panama, so it's just it's so interesting. I mean, you just can never learn enough or know enough or taste enough there's and boy you said that right cheers to that i, I, I think uh, that's, know, yeah. that, that's the best description i've ever heard uh is that you know these uh, the same lineage in the sense that they're both from panama but they have even though they come from like they say people they come from the same family they have their own personalities so mm -hmm. they have those similarities uh but yet they they are their own person that's that's just the best way to describe it mm -hmm. and and again that's really what our mission is it's kind of like the wilson brothers owen and Owen and Luke. Luke. Owen <laughs> and the other Wilson brother. <laughs> yeah, they've got their own personalities. Hey, look, uh, Guillaume's calling. <laughs> so, got, should we put the Frenchman on what, the air? What, 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 did we say something wrong? He's like, wrong? you got this wrong, you pronounced that yeah. wrong, and don't say that. You shouldn't. <laughs> hey, I uh, wanted to ask you about this label. Uh, it almost looks like a cigar band yeah. around the top of the Panama 2007. It says Texas Tiki Files yes, 2020. Yes, Texas what is Tiki that? Files. It's a fun little Facebook group that's into all things tiki. Oh, I love it. 
it. Yeah, they they they, they uh, share a love of tiki bars and and tiki culture. And by tiki culture, I mean like you know the the, the kitsch tiki culture, yeah. not 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 the true like Polynesian you know right. religion. You, I guess you're if talking you will. about the, the little. This is this is flowered shirts and right. and, and little umbrellas uh, and, and Donahoe albums. You know what that's I mean? what life's supposed to be all exactly. about. Exactly. You know exactly what? Right. Uh, the, the, I, 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 a tiki bar is probably my favorite kind of bar, and I I give me the old. There's one I love it. It's, uh, I have so many. I don't know. It's like I'm accepting an award. I, there's so many. I don't know who to thank first. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's one in, in in Tulsa, Oklahoma, called the Saturn Room, and from just the the sign on the front to the inside, it's the old music. It's it's you know it's it's got the the, the Bally High music and and the smells. The, the best sign of a good tiki bar are the smells. Mm-hmm. It should be walking into like a a, a farmer's market of produce mm-hmm. and 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 and, and <clears throat> the rum and just it's 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 not just uh, the drinks themselves, but it's a fully immersive experience of sight, sounds, and taste. There is, uh, There's nothing better in the world than a good tiki room. And locally, uh, that would be Lelo, uh, uh, for yeah, sure. Yeah, Lelo's yeah. a blast. Uh, I will also mention, and I never remember the name of this, but I can tell you how to get there. In Los Angeles, one of the greatest tiki bars I've ever been to, if you get on Hollywood Boulevard, in Hollywood, and drive until you're leaving Hollywood, getting into the dicier part of town... There's a tiki bar on the left, and it is it is the most wonderful tiki bar I've ever been to. <laughs> they must have several thousand kitschy little things mm. on shelves all over the bar, and it's just wonderful. The drink menu is fantastic. Uh, it's great. So There's a new one I feel I feel I'm going to mention because they just opened up in Dallas. It's called Swizzle. Swizzle. Uh, and they, okay, you know the... Uh, um, the Dole Whips you get at Disneyland, mm-hmm. they do a homemade one that was just, it, it was a cold day. It was like 40 degrees in Dallas, and I was like, I'm like, can I have another for the road? Yeah. You were there, yes. It was amazing. It was amazing, yeah. and we were trying to we were trying to put her in a, a gin and Marty are the owners, and we were trying to put them in a headlock to find out what their recipe was, <laughs> and they just would not give it up. But it was by yeah. far the best Dole Whip. But may I say, it's even better with a little bit of plantation OFTD rum. But that's just that's just one guy's opinion. <laughs> Ian, excuse me, did you have a favorite uh, rum today? Not counting the cognac. Well, my favorite rum couldn't be a cognac. Right. Although the cognac was pretty amazing. The cognac was amazing. We, we'll set uh, that aside. What rum did you like the best? <laughs> so, I don't know what's going on here. So, uh, rum-wise, uh, I really, really enjoy the funkier rums. Mm-hmm. So, the se- the first, not the first Jamaican Second one, rum, the Jamaican one. Second Jamaican mm-hmm. rum uh, is probably my favorite out mm-hmm. of them. I like, from, I like the funk. Yeah. For me, I think it's a tie between this last one and the very first one, the uh, one that you did with the Houston Bourbon Society. Do you all notice the Ian automatically flocked to the most expensive one? Yes. Well, he's got expensive taste. That's Was it expensive? Was that the $150? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And yeah. again, that's that's sold exclusively at Specs. Of they're, but they're all just fantastic. Specs now, all my money. Um, how, um, is there a way when I'm shopping the shelves hmm? for plantation rums, is there a way to know which ones are... The more limited ones, if I'm out of specs and they've got, because I know like the uh, the pineapple, the Isle of Fiji, yeah. those are things that are there regularly. Your uh, your dark rum is there regularly. Uh, is there a way that I can look and tell? Oh, this is a limited one. I should yeah, get this our, now. Our fans, Plantation Nation. Oh. That's a good one there. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Is there a way to know by the bottle? They call these the black casks. 
Okay. The black, yeah, the black, the, the, black, the black labels. With the black, the black labels. labels on them, yeah. sure. Yeah. So anytime you see the single cask, or and, 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 and next time I roll through, I'll bring some of our vintages, and we have uh, more... Uh, um, like tiki shirt packaging now i want to call it oh, there it's just it. it's 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 a lot like the isle of fiji but uh that's great back but you know you know like isle of fiji like you're just wearing like a tiki shirt this is wearing a full-blown tiki leisure suit okay that's how some, <laughs> that's how some of our our vendors that's are gonna look awesome. so and, and we do currently have the peru uh, no, Fiji. The Fiji 2000. Uh, she's like, what are you looking at me for? Uh, <laughs> the, 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 Fiji, the Fiji 2005. Um, that one is currently available in Houston. Uh, I saw a ton of it over at Lee's Liquor over on Navigation. So that one's super rare. We only got like 23 six packs of it. And that's typical for any of the vintages. But anytime you see the black labels, know that it's a one shot deal. You'll never see deal. it okay. again. Good. And that's when you see my library at home. That's what. Yeah, you know. that's exactly what I was uh, what I was asking. So that's good. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on the show today, uh, Bex. Thank you for being here. I hope we're. I hope we were, you know, easy on you for your first. Uh, podcast experience. Yes, it was so fun. Oh, okay, good. Well, uh, so the next time you come back, you'll have to come back By without myself. Doc so that, you know, there'll be room for you to say some stuff. <laughs> and, uh, uh, it, you know, but, uh, but, but seriously, we we, uh, we love having you guys on. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure for us. These are always shows that we really look forward to. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty psyched. We'll do this again uh, when you get your, when you get your next stuff. Thank you for having us. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, Ian, we have some interesting weeks in front of us. Uh, I'm pretty in, excited about this. Yeah, including um, the return of our resident tequila expert, Liliana. That's going to be Who will so be coming fun. back for the show before Cinco de Mayo. And we will be doing a tequila blind taste test with Liliana. So, prepare to be driven home by someone that day. <laughs> Noted. It's so, an Uber day. Uh, so, so it should be fun. But a lot of good things coming up, and uh, we'll uh, we'll be telling you more about it in the weeks to come. Thank you guys again for being here. Thanks to Adam on the Wheels of Steel. And uh, people, have a wonderful week. Um, if, uh, if things are beginning to open up where you are, please continue to be careful. But I can't wait till we can lock arms in the dive bar again and sing songs we have no business singing all together. Have a great week, my friends. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, y'all.